What up, what up, what up? Wake up with me, wake up. This is Real Coach JB on the Coach JB Show. It's Matt McChesney and Jay Sr. Join me to break down all things football, plus a little NBA and why Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are already missing games. Plus, Clay Thompson and Devin Booker chirping last night. Plus, is Tom Brady really done? And why is Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown left Kanye West along with Adidas pulling out? Join me this morning on the Coach JB Show as we break down all things real and get after it. All sponsored by CanadipsCBD.com. And I'll see you in a minute. Peace. discuss this morning make sure you head on over to coachabstore.com you see i got a little bomber jacket added to the uh fire uh, we got matt six zero academy gear up there as well plus his savage hoodies you can get all those things coachabstore.com go check it out uh it's a great day to have a great day lucy uh appreciate everybody joining me right now hit the like button subscribe become a member best dollar 99 a month you can spend uh, we're going to get into all things. Chase Sr. will join me in the third hour. We're going to break down all things football. It's Christian McCaffrey uh, was at a good signing by the Niners. He covers the Niners. He covers the Eagles. We're going to break down some Jalen Hurts film today. As you know, I got all this new film that I can actually show. So we're going to break down Jalen Hurts today with Chase Sr. Plus, why is Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown decided to part ways with Kanye's Donda? And why is A.B. coming out defending Donda? So many things to talk about today. Um, But we're going to get into it. Let me give you the quote of the day first. As you know, I got to start you off with the quote of the day. Um, It's ticking on the bottom of the screen. The best views come from after the hardest climb. The best views come from after the hardest climbs. Man, when you get to the top is when the view is legit. The view ain't good when you're on the bottom. So I just want to remind everybody that the best views come from after the hardest climbs. Go earn your shit. Put your two feet in. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Understand that. Quit asking for everything to be given to you. Go earn something. Earn your stripes for once. Man, we got a bunch of enabled cats out here, man. Go earn your stripes. Stop stealing Amazon packages. Don't steal mine, dog. You're going to have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, poll question of the day what's another language you wish you could speak fluently without studying man I think I'm gonna do some French dog because I think the women like that French shit I gotta go check it out I think women like French I'm gonna go check it out I I would probably learn French I would have to say I probably won't learn some French (sighs) Spanish I don't know but French I think is a little bit of you know a little, little more uh you know a little more sexy, I think. It's a little more grown man. I think the women, you know, they like that French stuff. So we're, we're, I'd have to say French. But that's the poll question. What other language would you learn to speak fluently without learning and studying? Uh, I would say French. Um, 
Also, as you know, I do it every day. We're back to doing it every day. Contrary to belief, this segment is brought to you by CanadipsCBD.com. Head on over to CanadipsCBD. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps. And also, this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Head on over to BetOnline.ag. Let's get you to contrary to belief. It's on the bottom. Statistics don't lie, but either does your gut. Contrary to belief. Statistics may not lie. That's true. All right. But either does your gut. And I'm a going with the gut type of cat. I go with my gut, dog. If I, my gut ain't right, I ain't right. I don't feel it. Uh, coach, go with the stats, man. You go fourth down and one. Go for it. Nah, I'm not feeling it. My gut says punch the football. Coach, let's go down this wrong to dark alley right here. Stats say nobody's been shot down here. Nah, my gut ain't feeling it, dog. I'm good. <laughs> I know where I'm from, and I ain't going there. So stats may be factual evidence, just like the film that I show on Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, and everyone hates on me, but I got actual evidence on the film, just like the eye in the sky don't lie. But apparently, you guys know better. What do I know? Stats don't lie, but either does your gut. Uh, another one, students are actually liable for income taxes. Did you not know this, students? You are liable for income taxes contrary to belief. Uh, Another one, you can't get sick from being cold. I want to break this down. I know all our mamas said, put on a beanie, put on your coat, put on your jacket, go down. Don't go outside in the cold. You're going to get sick. That's a fallacy. It's not true. People are in Alaska butt naked every single day running through the woods. You don't get sick. Stop thinking you get sick from being in the cold. You don't. Um, Contrary to belief, you should stretch before exercising. You don't got to stretch before exercising. You just got to get your muscles warm. I ain't stretched. I haven't had my team stretch in 20 years. Ask them. You stretch after practice. We don't stretch before practice. We don't stretch before we lift weights. No way, coach. Okay, well, I got film to show you. I I film my weight room. I film everything. We don't stretch to go lift weights. Does a cheetah stretch to go get him some pussy? (laughs) Hell no. We don't stretch. That shit is overrated. So I just wanted to drop that contrary to belief on you this morning. Brought to you by betonline.ag. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Um, man, I, I just love giving you guys some real talk, uh, stuff. We got Chase Sr. joining us today on every Wednesday. He joins us now, uh, great NFL analyst for chat sports. He'll be joining us to break down all things NFL, especially tomorrow's game. Plus was McCaffrey a good signing for the Niners. And we're going to break some Jalen Hurts film down today. Uh, I'm going to get into my worst performances of the weekend uh, since it's Wednesday, work boot Wednesday, we're going to put our hard hat and work boots on, uh, the worst performances of the weekend I'm going to get into for the NFL. And, uh, I'm going to get into my NBA's worst top worst five teams so far through week, through week one, um, some surprises on there and some not so surprises on there. So we're going to break those things down. Matt McChesney will join me in the second hour and, uh, we'll, we might break a little film down as well. But uh, lots to discuss, man, uh, on this uh, Coach JB show. 
every day, 6 to 9 a.m. Pacific. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. What up, what up? I'm just now seeing the chat. Uh, appreciate you guys joining me this morning. Hit the hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, Kaden Bonds, what up, man? Become a member, dog. Um, look, we got a lot to discuss. I want to, uh, first of all, discuss Joe Burrow shoots up the MVP rankings. I don't know if you guys saw that. Joe Burrow shooting up the MVP ratings. Um, right behind Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes already. We so we're so quick with anointing. So we could be fair, Aaron Rodgers' two-year MVP run is done, right? We agree to that. We agree that Aaron Rodgers is done. Um, he's done, and we got to move on. Everybody on TikTok, come on over to YouTube live. I'm here at 6 to 9, three-hour show every morning. Come on over there live. Jump into YouTube chat, man. Become a member. Uh, I'll block you too, though, if you couldn't hear talking that dumbness. Um, Joe Burrow starting to look like Joe Burrow from last year and getting the ball to, uh, to chase, and it's starting to look good, man. It's starting to look good. Uh, I'd be worried. I'd be worried in the AFC right now. I'd be worried. If I were you, uh, they've been there, done that. They're getting this flavor back. Super Bowl hangover is starting to get out their system. We're going to see if the Rams Super Bowl hangover gets out the system. We'll find out. Aaron Donald and Celtics' Jalen Brown have decided to part ways with Kanye's Donda Sports. And then A.B., of course, Antonio Brown comes out with a big old long written letter. And you know damn well, we know his tweets and his stories compared to his lawyers writing letters. That was the most literate, grammatically correct letter I've ever seen A.B. write. So we know it was not A.B. that wrote it. We know that it was his lawyer, and he came in defense of Kanye West. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I don't know much about it. I don't get into all the politics of life. Uh, I stay way out of it. Uh, I'm an independent thinker. I stay straight shooter right down the pipe. Um, so I have not even heard the interviews, so I cannot speak on it. Um, maybe I'll look into it, but I don't like to talk about everything that's popular because everyone talks about it. I'm not a breaking news channel. Uh, I know him and my boy Michael Rapport got beef. <laughs> um so I don't know nothing about it, really. So I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth and comment. But I'll check it out, maybe. And maybe I'll comment way, way later about it. But I know Aaron Donald's leaving. Jalen Brown's leaving. Again, they're leaving, in my opinion, because of the, you know, the optics of it all, right? What the optics are. These guys are being looked at uh, from all the fan bases across America, all the little kids, their managers, their their agents, all these different people are telling Jalen Brown, Aaron Donald, you can't be associated. You can't do this. And it's just about perception. And perception is reality, unfortunately, nowadays in this world. And perception is reality. We all understand that, whether you like it or not. And sometimes people just have to uh, do what the, the public says to do, which is Crazy to me. I just can't do it. I just can't do it, man. I can't put, I can't have scabs on my knees. 
Uh, NFL Rookie of the Year is now trending towards Seahawk running back Kenneth Walker the third after Brees Hall's season-ending knee injury is going to come to a halt. Um, talk to Chase Sr. later on about that. Uh, the running back for Seahawks is balling out. Uh, Penny got hurt. A lot of injuries, man. A lot of injuries. All-time high NFL injuries. We've already talked about it on this show many, many times. I've talked about it on this show. Uh, why we have so many injuries in the NFL. I've told you my thoughts. Uh, we don't take it seriously. Our investment's half-assed. We don't work out like we once did. Our bodies look horrible compared to when my era played. Uh, look at the bodies. Just go look at the bodies. Do you see T.O. out there anymore? Do you see any of these big-time chiseled DBs out there anymore? Do you see any of these dudes? No, you don't. They don't work out no more like they did. You give them too much money. They're going to chilling in Dubai. They don't care about this thing. They don't even know who their predecessors, they don't even know who their forefathers were. They don't even know who the greats are. You think they're going to go work out for your franchise after you already paid them $150 million? Come on, man. Get real. There's no investment. Injuries are all-time high. We had 35 injuries last, last weekend alone. We have over 550 NFL injuries right now, a uh, quarter of the league. Kind of kind of shocking. Uh, Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark has been suspended two games for violating the NFL conduct policy. He pleaded no contest to a weapons charge in September and will miss the Titans and Jags games. Um, Chiefs should be able to at least split that one and one, if not two and zero. Oh. Uh, Frank Clark was in L.A. actually uh, after a function that I, I happened to be at and got caught with a gun in the car. Uh, cats come to L.A., dog. They, they strapped. <laughs> you cats are strapped. You know that. Um, you you got to stay strapped out here, apparently. And if you're not from here, dog, you, you, you got to stay strapped. Uh, this this pre-snap read portion of the show is brought to you by Canadips. Head on over there. Uh, we are in the pre-snap read portion of the show um, where we talk all things pre-snap. And then we're going to jump into first and 10. It's first down. We're going to get into all that. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Give me my bag. Give me my bag. Yeah. Um, Brittany Griner's appeal was declined. We talked about it. She was sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison. Uh, half the world is in up on an uproar. Half of the world don't care. Well, America anyway. Um, where do you stand on that? I don't know. Um, I don't really care. Y you can do those same things she did in Russia right here in Texas, California, Utah, Colorado, Florida. Uh, and, and you would still get 10 years in jail. <laughs> so I just want to make sure we're clear on that. You understand that, right? Don't do dumb shit. I mean, that's all I can tell you. Shit. Texas A&M suspends three players for smoking weed in the locker room before the loss against South Carolina. It's, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound familiar? What do I know? JB, you went off on Netflix talking about weed, didn't you? Sure did. It blows my mind. The blatant disrespect, dog. I don't care if weed is now legal. That's the new soft-ass excuses by some of you young cats. Coach, weed legal now. 
you there's way more deaths drinking alcohol than smoking weed. First of all, let me tell you something. I've never, ever, ever, ever seen a player benefit from smoking weed. Never in my entire life have I seen a football player benefit from being loaded on weed. Never in my life. I didn't care that you smoke weed as much as I cared about when you did it. That's my thing. So if you're going to blatantly smoke weed before a game, and I know I can't depend on you because you're going to be high as a kite, and you're going to be sitting there looking for munchies and shit, Dog, do you think I'm not going to cut your ass? Come on, man. You have no regard for anything. And that is what most weed smokers are like who play football. If you smoke weed during the game, before the game, or right after because you don't care about losing, then I have no, I don't want to see you. Like, I don't want to be around you. I think weed has ruined football. I mean, I'm being honest. Weed and Adderall have ruined football. You want to be serious? You want me to get into this? Just stay tuned until the post-game wrap-up here. I'm going to get into all things weed and Adderall because I think weed and Adderall has ruined the youngster. It has ruined their process of thinking. It has ruined the right and wrong and what is right and wrong it has ruined the work ethic it has ruined the go out and earn your shit instead of accepting and laying back playing videos games and getting it thinking i'm gonna get the bag dog weed and adderall you guys should put that down write it down that's the damn that's my take that's my hot take uh so it is what it is. Um, I can't believe three players smoke weed in the locker room. Like, in the locker room, you lose. Jimbo Fisher, he's probably fired. I've told you many times on my show, he does not have the control of that locker room. The locker room does not care about Jimbo Fisher. All he cares about is calling plays, which is our is, is an archaic offense, to say the least. Um, I'm just telling you. That's just what it is. That's what it is. I love when people say, people have been smoking weed forever, even in Alabama. You think people are smoking weed at Alabama in the locker room before the game? Can you stay on the topic? If you're going to troll me, at least troll the topic, dog. Just troll the topic. Okay? <laughs> troll the topic. Weed in the locker room before the game. People have been smoking weed forever, coach. No shit, Sherlock's homeboy. No shit. I'm talking about a football player about to go play a game smoking weed. Can you talk about the topic if you're going to troll? <laughs> yes, it does. It hurts football because these cats are so loaded going into the game that they are lost. They have no care. What does we do to you guys? You smoke weed, I'm sure you're defending it. What does it do to you? What does it do to you when you're high as a kite? I'll wait for you to tell me. <laughs> I'll wait. Um, 
I want to see a cat out there super high, baked out his mind, and go out and just lay the hat on a cat. Go catch for 200 yards. Go rush for 200 yards. Go back and play quarterback and just dissect the defense and throw for 400 yards. Please show me this. <laughs> All right, here we go, chilling. Post-game. Are we talking about post-game or are we talking about pre-game? Can you guys read? See, that's why, you, that's why I lose my mind with you trolls. We're talking about three cats smoking in the locker room before the football game. Stick to the topic, trolls. God. Um, the live in the PGA Tour feud is getting out of hand, according to McElroy. McElroy is a little bit of a female to me. I don't really. I got to be around him because of Pat Perez. I don't really. I'm not feeling him. He, he he is the PGA Tour now because Tiger's gone, and he knows the PGA is falling apart at the seams, and the Live is about to play this week in Miami, and the foursome that wins it can win, I think, $30 million. Come on, dog. PGA can't even compete with that. Can't even compete. Come on. Come on. Um, come here, Ash. Chase Davis, I don't think you're very smart, dog. I'm about to block you because you're pissing me off now. I just said three cats got suspended for smoking weed before the game in the locker room. And then I came to say weed and Adderall is ruining football because that is what's happening across America. Cats are smoking before they play the game. So how is that two different topics? If you smoke weed before the game and then you play the game, I said it's ruining the game. Now, tell me how that's two different topics. Now, you should shut the fuck up and go lay down somewhere and go eat your donuts with your mama in the basement. Shut the hell up. So, Clay Thompson clowning Devin Booker last night after being ejected by their and, and, and going over to the bench, tapping his wrist and his fingers like, I got four of these things. You guys over there talking game three of the NBA season. I, I'm, I was happy Clay was chirping. I liked how Clay was chirping at him, showed me a little gangster in him. Devin Booker is, to me, is a that, that, that Suns roster to me, dog. I look at it and it's very similar to the Clippers. They're a bunch of soft talkers who have never won anything. They just continue to talk. I just have secondhand embarrassment for these cats who continue to talk without ever accomplishing anything. Booker is a choke artist. He's soft. If I ever hear his name with Kobe Bryant again, I'm going to choke slam the, whoever it is. Um, you know, I just don't understand. Um, I can't understand it. Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, I just don't get it. I really don't. Uh, I love how Clay was talking to him, letting them know. Um, then they ejected him. They got beat by 30. Golden State didn't care about that game. They just came off the title, dog. They just got their fourth ring. He don't care. Um, I don't know, Max in here. I got a little Kawhi Leonard thing I want to show. Um, 
Um, well, I can't talk about that right now. Hold up tight. Listen, I got to break this down, though. Why is Aaron Donald and Celtics Jalen Brown leaving Kanye? Why are they leaving Kanye right now? Why is he leaving Kanye right now? I agree with the NBA is being trash right now, but so is the NFL, right? When you agree the NFL and the NBA are both trash, if that's your take on that, if that is your take on that, then you you have to think both are trash, in my opinion. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's just what I think. You know what I mean? Um I think they're both trash and soft. I'm going to be honest. None of my slides are working. You know, technology is not for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, Man, where are my slides at? I can't even show shit. So I'm horrible at technology. Um, I got to fix this. So Clay Thompson, Clown, and Booker, uh, they they eject them. I just think it's very, very soft. I think it's very, very soft that they ejected him, number one, because apparently he told the ref, like, why aren't you talking to Booker? Why are you only talking to me? That's the thing I'm taking out of this. That's what I'm taking out of it. You know what I mean? I took that out of it. And um, so can't show you that. Um Give me one second. Let me, let me get this in. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. I appreciate everybody joining me this morning. We got a lot to talk about. We're just in the pre-snap breed of this show. And this show is brought to you by Canadips, CBD.com. Let me get the ad read for Canadips out the way. If you go over there and buy Canadips and you buy a dip can and you email me, CoachJB12, and send me your receipt, I will put you in the end of the season raffle to, in a bottle, to win a bottle. Whiskey, vodka, hoodie, sign book, and poster. All those things you can get, plus a slapdick cigar, which are now out, which will be on my website later on. So take a listen. What up, what up, what up? Coach JB Show, 6 to 9 a.m. on the West Coast, 9 to noon on the East. Show's brought to you by our proud sponsor, Canada Dips, CBD.com. Head on over there, catch Coach JB. Uh, use the promo code, all caps, Coach JB. Get you 20% off. Welcome bonus, and my boy Wido's here to spit some bars. CanadaDipCBD.com. Check it out. Just got to let them know, Coach. It's the real Coach JB show. Only the real. Tune in live five days a week and find out the deal. If you a fan of the real, then you a fan of this. And if you're looking for the best, get some can of dips. They got mango, mocha, mint, and peach. Caramel on the side if you need some sleep. THC, CBD. Fueling more and use the code Coach JB. 20% off the store. Peace. All right. I had to get off TikTok. Um, appreciate everybody joining me, man. Um, come on over here. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Become a member if you're on TikTok. Um, Matt will join me uh, in about 30 minutes. We'll break down tomorrow's game plus some other things. 
and uh, get after it. Um, yeah, it's only it's not THC. It's all it's CBD. It's CBD. It's not THC. Cranial extractor. All right. Um, listen, real quick. I got to get into this. I got to get into this. All right. Um, Robert James. Nobody gives a fuck if you hate it. <laughs> That's what you don't. I don't get. That's what you don't get. I don't think you understand. Nobody gives a fuck if you hate it. <laughs> Why do you guys think I give a fuck what you think? I'm really curious. I want to know why you think you affect my life and what I give a fuck about. I'm curious. Dog, you have choices in life, homie. You have choices. You don't got to watch, motherfucker. (laughs) I, I appreciate you being the producer of the show, fucking Kanye West. But like Kanye, he don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Zappy, Mac Jones later on today. Uh, we're going to talk about that with Chase um, Sr. as he'll be joining us later on. Listen, Kawhi Leonard averages fewer games per season than Anthony Davis, uh, by the way. And I'm, I want to know why no one brings this up. Because we're so soft, all right? We're so fucking soft. And I want to know why... No one's talked about why the fuck Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have missed already this season for load management. Why the fuck are we fucking not talking about that, that Stephen A. Smith? Why are we talking about Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George, who I call Palm Del P, already missing? Already missing fucking games? Like, dog, I'm just curious. <clears throat> because Kawhi didn't play for like two years. No shit! That's why he should be fresh as a fucking bunny rabbit. Are you fucking kidding me? That's your fucking excuse, Ace? Because he hasn't played in two years? Then he should be playing like with with a fucking hard dick too. His dick should be hard too while he's playing. Are you fucking joking me? This motherfucker's missed two years and and still missing games for load management? Holy fuck. And then you got Palmdale P over here, Paul George, who wants to sit out too because his fucking big homie is sitting out. Like... Dog, I've never seen more soft-ass fucking humans in my life. I just showed you a Kevin Garnett video yesterday. I just showed you a Kevin Garnett video yesterday where he's like, if you can't play 82 games, you soft. You soft as shit. Anthony, Kevin Garnett missed games because of injuries. These cats are missing games because they're fucking taking load management games. Like, load management days. Like, dog, that shit don't make no fucking sense. It does not make no sense. And then AD, you're right there with them, but you've actually played another a, a more, one more game a year than Kawhi is. So kudos to you, Anthony Davis. You play 60 games. <laughs> like, dog, I just said, fathom it. Paul George misses more games than a fucking... Oh, man. I don't even want to say it. I don't want to say it. 
Uh, these two are fucking embarrassments. Embarrassments, dog. Embarrassments, dog. Yeah, um, I know. It's it's fucking embarrassing, dog. It's bad. Um, it's fucking crazy. Let's get into the first and ten segment of this show. Uh, brought to you by Candidate CBD. First down. We're moving on into the first down segment of this show. Um, Ravens beat the Browns 23 to 20. Lamar Jackson was 9 of, I think, 16 or 9 of 21 for 100 yards. He also had 10 carries for 59 yards. Cannot wait to show you the film. Coach, you hate. Damn, it's crazy. I got actual film of Lamar Jackson looking shitty. I got actual film of him looking bad. I have factual evidence because the eye in the sky don't lie. And if I can show you film of how bad he is at the quarterback position, but I can also show you how freakish of an athlete he is and how great of a dude he is, and I can show you all these things, but you won't believe me. You only believe the good things that you see. Why don't you believe the bad things that you see? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious why when you see something, I think you've been trained, dog. I think you guys have been fucking trained to, 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 I don't want to watch the news. There's so much bad things on the news. I can't watch it. There's so many bad things on the news. My mom said, if there's bad things on the news, I can't watch the news. And the news is bad. And the news lies because CNN and Fox and everyone just lies and lies and lies. And, and the bombs that are you seeing in Ukraine, they're not real. And Ukraine's not getting, they're not in a war at all because it's bad. And we can't believe in bad things. And, but the two bunnies that are running across the road and the, the guy pulls out of the car and saves them and he gets them in the car and he, oh, so fucking nice. <laughs> you only believe the bunny part. You've got to be shitting me. You believe the bunny part, but you don't believe the fucking part where Ukraine's getting bombed. It fucking blows my mind. It blows my mind, dog. And that goes back to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George missing games. No one talks about it. No one talks about it. Like, why not? Why does not anyone talk about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George missing games? I haven't heard about anything yet. So far, we haven't talked about it. And it's crazy to me. Kobe Bryant shot two free throws with a torn Achilles. I love hearing the soft excuses. This cat shoots a free throw, walks off. My boy Mac makes a hell of a, he made a fucking NFL graphic for us. Um, I just wanted a fucking picture. He did a fucking workup, dog. He, he's back there grinding. Uh, appreciate him. Pippen carrying Jordan off after he was sick and dropped 30 in a playoff game. That's a meaningful game, by the way. Kawhi and Paul George in a jeans and a fucking blazer on the sideline. Like, yeah, Kobe did walk off with no film, no help, by the way. But we carried off a motherfucker the other day for getting scraped in the cornea. <laughs> We carried a motherfucker off the court the other day. He had to be damn near airlifted out of there because he got scraped in the eye. Dog, I can go on and on about this shit. Like, this is what's crazy to me. Nobody brings this up, though, because the truth hurts you. The truth hurts you. 
And that's just the bottom line, dog. Uh, Mac, appreciate that. That's that's a hell of a graphic. I, I just don't understand how we're already load managing game three in the season. Already. Game three in the football season, and we're already load managing. Like, you give a cat an inch, they take a foot. Isn't that the old adage? You give a cat an inch, they take a foot. Man, I'm telling you, sounds like what she said. Um, <laughs> shit is crazy to me. Someone in the chat said, where's the film then? Go watch it. I've already showed it fucking 50 times, dumb fuck. <laughs> How about you go back and watch it? I've only broke down Lamar Jackson about 40 fucking times in the last year. How about you go watch it? Where's the film then? I love you dick riding trolls at fucking... Six in the morning on the West Coast. You guys are fucking comical. The truth hurts you guys, obviously. Um, that's what's funny to me. Um, Gus Edwards had 66 yards in that game. Uh, Brissett was 22 or 27. This Thursday night's game, uh, another fucking humdinger tomorrow. God damn, humdinger. Remember that word? I haven't heard that word in quite a time. That's the word of the day, by the way. Humdinger. Humdinger. If you haven't heard that word, fuck, that's a great word. Um, I believe Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb will be the next two traded running backs in the NFL. I think Kareem Hunt, who's not being used very well right now, he's got five carries. He's probably bitching and moaning, trying to get in the transfer portal. Um, I believe that Kareem Hunt will be the next back, and I believe he can fit. I hate that because I don't like the motherfucker. I think you're a fucking cowardly pussy ass because you hit a woman. I don't like half these motherfuckers. Anyone that put a hand on a woman, dog, I can't fucking stand you. But Kareem Hunt, uh, if we have to, since you guys have allowed him in the league because nobody fucking cares about that, he hit a girl and everyone turned their eyes to that too. Everyone was like, oh, oh, bad thing. Let me turn my head. Bad thing. Let me turn my head. Baker Mayfield Allstate commercial. Ah, the best commercial ever. And then I show Baker Mayfield how shitty he is. Nope, didn't happen. Baker Mayfield's not very good. No, Baker Mayfield's the greatest. Coach Brown's lying. That he's fucking lying. Really, I just showed you the film, dog. Actual real NFL footage. Oh no, it's, it's lie. It's, it's edited. <laughs> That's gonna be my new thing, dog. Like fuck, Cream Hunt cocks back and hits abroad. Nope, didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> God damn, the truth hurts, dog. The truth fucking hurts some of you motherfuckers, bro. Holy shit. It blows my fucking mind. Blows my mind. I can get into a bunch of other things, NFL things, dog. I can be, I can get into a lot of other things about the NFL, NBA too, by the way. How about the, the ball kid? Didn't ball just blow his meniscus last year, like in halfway through the season and miss the whole season? He missed the whole season. And then... What else has he done? And why is he missing the first part of this season? It's a fucking meniscus, homie. I never even missed one game with a meniscus. Like, dog, I'm being honest. I don't miss meniscus. Like a meniscus tear is a fucking scope. It is a quick laser scope. They stick a fucking needle right in your leg. They fucking put a laser in that motherfucker. They scorch it. 
They put it back. You're back playing. Are you fucking joking me? He's missed a year and a half, homie, for a fucking meniscus. Oh, dog. Because he's soft as running wet pussy, man. That's why. Shit. I ain't listening to shit. Fucking troll fucking bitch made cat. Get your ass out of my fucking chat. Make a real name, fucking agrumotis. Give me a real fucking name, homie. Soft fuck. Um, yeah, whatever, Bruce Helms. You sound like a fucking idiot. And he ain't from no part I'm from. He's from the fucking Inland Empire somewhere. Soft ass shit. Don't, don't bring that up where I'm from, motherfucker. Motherfucker, you couldn't even fucking... You couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight where I'm from. Shut the fuck up, Bruce Helms. You sound like a fucking idiot. Um... Isaac Lords, dog goes wolf, cat goes meow, dropping his knowledge for the day. Um, a lot to discuss. I got a lot to fucking talk about in this first and 10 segment, man. I'm waiting to see who's the next running back traded. Who is the next running back traded? Um, I think Kareem Hunt's number one on the board. I think Kareem Hunt gets traded first. I think Kareem Hunt gets traded first. And I think that um, I think Kareem Hunt gets traded. I think that I have a funny feeling, dog. I hate that I'm going to say this, but I think he goes to the Rams. I think Kareem Hunt goes to the Rams. Um, I could see him going to Kansas City again. But they're going to give him so much heat that they'll never let him back there because he left there after hitting the girl. So I can see him not getting that opportunity. But I know Andy Reid would take him back because I know they need a downhill guy. I don't think uh, Edwards Hilaire is the guy. I think they know that. And they need a running back to go downhill. Um, and I think the Bucks could take him as well. They need a back. And I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo takes him. But I think Kareem Hunt is the next back on the block. And I believe the next back that's going to get the bag is Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be the next highest paid running back. He's going to be the next big time guy. And I got to ask this question too. Tony Pollard and Zeke are combining for about 25 carries a game in Dallas. In this transfer portal, soft fucking pussy era, is one of those guys going to demand a trade here shortly? I mean, dog, that's what you have now. You think you have to be the only guy to play on your team. You have to be the only guy. That's what this is now. You have to be the only guy to play. Of course Cleveland took the cat after he hit a girl in Cleveland, dog. They just took micropenis, too, after how long? Come on, man. Does Deshaun Watson really come back and play this year? Fuck, I don't think so. I don't think he does, dog. Really, I don't think he can, I don't think he can make it. I don't think he can come back. I don't think he can come back and make it. I really don't think so. Um, I don't know. I don't think he can. Um... 
I'm going to get into a few things. I'm going to show you real quick. I want to break down my first, my my worst NFL performances of the weekend before it gets too late and to get into Thursday night's game. Uh, ticket on the bottom. I, Tampa Bay Bucks are number one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers dropped a fucking absolute egg the other day. They were absolutely atrocious. Uh, Carolina beat that ass. Carolina beat their ass. Uh, they have to be number one on my board. If you guys disagree, put it in the chat. I would love to hear your top five worst performances of the weekend. Um, the Bucks have to be number one for me because I just you cannot drop the ball like they did against Carolina, who just traded their fucking franchise away. They just got rid of shitbird Robbie Anderson. They just got rid of McCaffrey. And you lose to them and score three points? Three fucking points? The Packers had to be right there with them. The Packers absolutely dropped the ball by losing to the Washington Wussies. How do you lose to the Washington Wussies? With Taylor Heineken, a fucking beer name. I know it's not Heineken, but you know what? It's Heineken for me because I don't know the fucking guy's last name. And he beat Aaron Rodgers. Heineke beat Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> Dog. And I don't know if you heard it on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, Aaron Rodgers. I watched a little bit of it. And he was just like, you know what? We have the right to be scrutinized. We deserve to be scrutinized. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're going to get scrutinized regardless. Aaron Rodgers got scrutinized when he won MVPs. <laughs> So I don't, I don't really think that was anything new, right? We, the media, that's what they do. They're just going to talk shit. So it doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers can come back and fucking ball out, and they're still going to talk shit. So he understands that, and I think he, he stays off that social media tip because of it. So, of course. And then, the, and then he said his coach graded him the highest. Uh, I used to grade the lowest. I would grade you the lowest if, if you lost the game as a starting quarterback. Um, that's just what I used to do. I would actually grade you lower after a loss. That's just me. Um, but see, Josh Sinclair, another guy that doesn't understand throwing under the bus compared to truth. He didn't throw his guys under the bus, homie. He told them the fucking truth. How is it throwing his teammates under the bus for mental errors? Because he said he got graded highest by his coach. Dog, did you listen to the context of the message? Aaron Rodgers was saying, I shouldn't have been graded the highest. But he graded me the highest after a loss. That's what I'm talking about right now. I used to grade him the lowest. The coach for him graded him the highest. He said, I shouldn't have been graded the highest. And our wideouts are making mental errors. I mean, I could see it all over the field. If you watch a game, the receivers are fucking atrocious. You have to be able to think and run at the same time. Why is that throwing them under the bus? If you don't think Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, John Elway, Dan Marino, all the greats told their fucking dumb wideouts, listen, fuck boy, you have a curl at 14 yards working back to 12. Do not come inside the numbers because the outside backer is going to pick the ball off. If you don't think that is a normal discussion, then you are fucked up. 
and you don't know what the fuck it means to be fucking a quarterback in the NFL or college or high school. That is the job description of the quarterback, my friend. That is the job description. Because through my eyes, as I drop back and take the heat of the D-line in my fucking face, I see where I need the throws to happen at. I see the windows. I'm making anticipatory throws through windows. You're not. You're not. The whiteout's not. So you have to be on my page when I see through my eyes. It's not throwing him under the bus. Dog, he tells him in public, in person, on the on international interviews. I don't give a fuck. He's telling them all. So they didn't hear it for the first time on a Pat McAfee show, brother. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. They didn't just hear it for the first time yesterday. So I just want to be clear there, okay? Um, uh, Bruce Helms. I think Bruce Helms and Isaac Lords are the same person. What do you guys think? Take a poll. I got a poll question. Bruce Helms, Isaac Lords. Hey, I got I got Tom Brady film yesterday. I, I got some Tom Brady film. Can't wait to break that shit down. We're getting more film every single day. I got six more games yesterday. Uh, appreciate it to my boy, Chad. Uh, that is a shout out that I just can't tell you about who it is. But Chad, we'll say his name's Chad. <laughs> uh, so. Aaron Rodgers didn't just start talking about his receivers, by the way, on Pat McAfee's show. So. Please understand that. <laughs> um, and I guess the real poll question I have is, you know how they used to tell us when we were in high school, don't have sex before the game. You can't have sex. If you fuck before the game, you're fucked. You're going to have a horrible game. Cats really were in fear of that. Like, we used to really think deep about that. Like, fuck, dog. I can't have sex before the game tonight. Remember that? Basketball, football, any of you guys played athletes, played football, played basketball? I'm sure your coach, I'm sure your parent, I'm sure somebody told you don't have sex before the game. It's going to make your knees weak. <laughs> God, that shit made my knees strong. It's like fucking, I, like that shit made me stronger. I don't know who the fuck said weakens the legs. Who the fuck said that? Now, my my legs might weaken now that I'm 46, <laughs> but... Fuck no, it ain't true, Slap Richard. Shit. Shit ain't true. Motherfucker gave me some fucking, like, that was like my fucking, uh, like, Samson, right? I, ne I needed that shit. Uh, but I got to break this down. Don't have sex before the game. So this, listen to my point here and my rationale on this one. Do you think it's affecting Tom Brady that now he's not fucking? Because he's playing shitty. <laughs> Oh, what's up now? Why Tom Brady? Tom Brady's not fucking and he's playing shittier than ever. I think Tom Brady needs to get knee deep in some pussy. That's what I think. He better go fucking get some pussy. No, I'm just telling you. I think Tom Brady knows he needs to go get some pussy. That's real shit. 
Tom Brady needs to go get some. And that's just the truth. So you better figure that shit out. And if you don't think so, you're fucked up. Matt, Tom Brady needs to get some pussy. That is why he's shitty. How you doing, man? Welcome in. I appreciate you joining me this morning, Matt. I'm talking about getting pussy before the game when your daddy says, <laughs> Matt, don't fuck today because you have a game to be weak. Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Um, hey, I so just what, bring what, Matt right in the, here. Don't worry. We're just popping our dicks out like, fuck it, let's roll. Because Tom Brady has not had sex, Matt, since. Well, we don't know that. He might have, you know, he might have had somebody come over. But at least Giselle, we know, is MIA. And everyone's in here talking about you can't have sex before a game. Well, Tom Brady's shitty right now because he hasn't had sex. I used to fuck before my games, and I had lights out games. I don't know about you, but I don't agree to it, Matt. I, uh, it's looking I, fire. I, I, I respectfully disagree. Uh, and I'm just going to speak from experience. Look, I, I just got divorced. I got divorced after, you know, it's been two years now since we split and got divorced, and it sucks. I think Tom Brady needs his family back. I think Tom Brady needs his support system back. I think he needs his babies back in his house. Uh, he looks distraught and depressed and all of that because his family's gone and his wife, his ex-wife, is using his passion and his love for football against him, which is essentially what mine did. Um and there's a huge difference between fucking and like loving someone and being in a committed marriage to that person. So, you know, I I I don't think that he should just go out and fuck some random bitch that cheapens Tom Brady. Um, I hope that his family sticks together and that Giselle comes home and that they can figure it out for the sake of their children and their family. I think that people quit too easily and the family dynamic in this country is shattered because of it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a huge believer that, look, dude, I, I have essentially gone celibate for the last two years. I'm not out here fucking bitches. I'm not out here going to, I don't drink. I haven't had a drink in 15 years. I don't think that it's the right thing for me to do to go out after being, you know, my relationship failing and dishonor myself or dishonor my name or dishonor my children or whoever else, uh, by, by, you know, giving my power to some fucking whore at a bar that I don't know or some hooker or something. That's not, that's not me. I don't think that's Tom. So I, I don't think he should just be out fucking. I think that he should try and get his wife back and his family back and try and, and there's nothing bitch about that. There's no, there's no like man out there that is a bitch for trying to keep his family uh, intact, regardless of how much abuse the woman is laying on him and the reasoning. So I, uh, respectfully i i just i disagree i'm i as as myself i don't i don't like jerk off in a sock and shit dog like I, that's not me so i when i feel the urge to go get some pussy quote unquote i focus that energy into the gym or into the radio or into you know developing my business i try and use that energy in a productive manner and it may sound weird to some of you fucking sex fiends out there but i'm i'm not a sex addict so i don't need it every fucking five minutes with somebody random so i i think tom brady is in a very very you know shitty position right now where he's an old guy on a young team his family's falling apart he wanted to come back and play and obviously his wife said fuck you 
Uh, and you know, I, I feel, I feel for the guy a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It's a really shitty situation to be in, but I think that he will feel worse, play worse, look worse. And I don't think it would be a good look either. If he goes out and gets caught by TMZ banging some fucking scrumpet that doesn't hold a candle to his dime piece, Brazilian fucking five-star trophy wife. So no, that, that's, that's no. just me. I don't think like everybody else, but. Yeah, if I'm Tom no. Brady. I'm not giving my dick to any fucking whore. Fuck that. No, I agree. I'm saying he needs some pussy, and I meant Giselle. Well, Giselle needs to go take care of her man. I agree with that. I'm saying that people have told us our whole life that fucking before a game makes your knees weak and shitty and all this. And the chat, the, the reason for the chat was the chat was saying, Coach, you didn't fuck before your game. And I go, bullshit. And I go, Tom Brady needs some right now because he I, hasn't had any. And I didn't fuck before shitty. games. I tried not to. I know. My dad used to tell me, like, don't do that shit. And I was like, fuck. So I, I, I used to be so scared to. And then after a while, I just said, fuck it. I, 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 some, some girl came over before the game, like, before I had to be there for a team meeting and shit. And I was like, fuck, I had my best game, dude. Fuck that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think it's a myth. I don't think that it's all mindset, right? It's like a placebo pill. If you if you sit in like a controlled environment and you give a fucking dope head, you know, you give a, a piss head, as my father used to call him, you give a piss head a fucking uh, like a, a, a placebo and he thinks it's real, he's just going to act fucked up, right? So it's the same with this. It's if you want to believe Rocky's trainer and say women are bad for the legs, it weaken the knees, Rock. Then that will help you win. If you want to believe the other side and just go fucking bang, bang crazy before the game, then that will help you win. It, it, you know, whatever the fuck is, it's whatever's best for the individual. I'm simply saying that personally, since we logged on this morning and this is the first topic thrown at me, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> per personally, I, I feel that if I don't like, if I, if there's no release, I'm a, I'm an angry motherfucker. And that's not good for the person across from me in the trench. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I hear that. Um, but Giselle should go take care of her man. And any of you women out there listening, I, I, look, if you have relationship problems, they can be solved very easily. It's called space, support, and blowjobs. And it's not that we're not complicated. We are very easy to get along with. If you just allow us to be ourselves, be, be the, the savage inside that we are at times and not think that it has anything to do with you. And every now and then, you know, three or four times a week, and if you think that's too much, maybe you shouldn't be in a relationship with an alpha, three or four times a week, get down there and say hello. And I'll do the same. I'm a, I'm a pleasing motherfucker if you let me. So, you know, it's, it's, that's the way I, th I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of relationships in, in today's world it are fucked up because of this machine that we're on right now. This fucking phone and Instagram and fucking, you know, <laughs> every every chick these days is a fucking Instagram model and shit. And like, I don't know. I if Tom, think about this, how much shit do you think Tom Brady would get in the media if they caught him out with like uh, fucking Kim Kardashian? Hey, but this is the part though. Off, dog. Hey, this is the cold part though. AB can post pictures of his wife every day. And his cock. Because he's a fucking yeah, and his slap his dick in a pool in a public pool. And and then he comes out yesterday defending Kanye West. 
after Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown dropped Kanye West. We got we got to talk about this because I'm not sure I know what Kanye did. I'm not either. I I I'm not even gonna put my foot in my mouth. Apparently, he talked about uh, the they're calling him anti-Semitic. I guess he said some things about Jews. I have no idea. I can't even comment on it. Uh, Yeah, I I don't. I'm not educated on it enough. I don't want to sound dumb. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. If if we don't know, we don't put our foot in my mouth. I'm gonna find out though. But I know Aaron Donald was uh, represented by Kanye's uh, by Kanye's. agency and Jalen Brown for the Celtics and Adidas. Uh, the they all Heat, dropped his ass. Yeah. They all That's dropped fun. him. And uh, I did not even know Aaron Donald. I didn't even know fucking Kanye had a sports agency. So I, I mean, don't know nothing about Kanye. I don't Kanye know if I'd West. be signing with Kanye. Yeah. I don't know shit about Kanye West. So I don't really know nothing about him. I think his music's absolutely dog shit. I don't think nothing of him. I don't like him. I just stay away from him. I don't know nothing he said, and I don't know if he's right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't know anything. Well, I, I love his first couple of albums, but after that, he's gone bang, bang crazy. Yeah, so I don't know nothing about the cat. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, Texas A&M, Jimbo, suspended three players for smoking weed in the locker room before the loss against South Carolina. Uh, I came on the show with a bang already, first hour. Kind of. I mean, what the fuck are these kids doing? I've never seen a cat benefit from smoking weed on a football field. And we're in a weed-smoking world now, and the chat goes crazy because I start talking about weed and players, and I went off on players on Netflix and all this shit. Here's the thing I got about it, Matt. Like, when you smoke before the game, to me, it is a blatant slap in the face like it's just a blatant slap in the face to me because there's no way in the world that you think you're gonna go out there and just fucking ball out i've never seen a motherfucker baked go out there and have 400 yards passing and fucking be efficient and a guy run for 250 and he's so high he's coming up the field laughing at the car <laughs> and he just ran for 250 i've never seen it in my life yeah. so he suspended him matt has 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 jimbo lost his team i think he lost yes. his team last year he lost I, his team last year i think that they're gonna he has an 86 million dollar buyout and i think he's gonna get every cent of it at the end of the year when they fire him um that said look I, look i'm gonna be very clear everyone listen to what i'm about to say i smoke every day okay i'm cal i'm colorado sober is what i call it i don't drink i don't use other drugs i smoke i've got big time orthopedic issues i have a five level back fusion cage fusion in my lower back and multiple ankle surgeries and concussions and blah, 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 right? I use it as a medicine. I never smoked before games. I, I couldn't, I, I was playing football. Like, I didn't really ever even think about it. Like, why would I go get high before a football game? I'll smoke afterwards when I'm trying to relax after the game, after we win. Um Smoking before the game, I guarantee you it was a vape pen. And they, you know, they had one in the locker room. They thought they could get away with it. They probably weren't going to play. And, you know, they're just banking on adults being stupid. Look, this is how I feel about this. If you're a young guy and you're smoking and you think that it's like a scene from Friday and you play the high guy role, and hey, fucking Cheech and Chong bullshit, that, that is playing into the narrative and it's not true. That insinuates that, just like Coach said, Every stone, every fucking stoner out there is some fucking dickless loser that just smokes weed and can't get out of his own way. And it's just not true. People, there's a lot of people that use it in the, in the way that it's supposed to be used. And then there's a bunch of fucking idiots out here 
that do shit like this. And they play high and they act like they're supposed to act when you're stoned with your buddies. And, you know, it's it's cool for them. And I it gives it gives fucking weed a bad name, too. Like, I mean, come on, man. It's supposed to be used for something that is a benefit to you. It's not supposed to be it's not supposed to be fucking abused like this by 18 year old kids in a fucking locker room before a football game. I mean, talk about losing control of your goddamn football team and being out of touch. So I'm not going to sit here and like demean weed. I smoke, but I am going to sit here and say that if you're a fucking idiot and you can't get out of your own way, weed isn't going to help you in any way, shape or form. It's going to fucking feed the lazy entitled fucking piece of shit side of you way faster than it feeds the fucking motivated side of you. In fact, the motivated, if you had any motivated side before that, that shit is gone immediately. It's going to hang out with the guy smoking dope. So it, unless you're a highly you know, motivated individual, and I'm not being egotistical here like myself, I smoke every day, go to fucking work, bust my ass. It doesn't affect me in any way. And if anything, it makes me, it takes the pains out of my shoulders and lets me function and be more personable. It helps me with my headaches. But if you're just waking up and smoking dope because it's cool and you're doing it before a game in the fucking locker room before you go play South Carolina, I mean, dog, what the what the what in the holy motherfucker are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? This just, disrespect, man. It's the fucking the, this generation, dog. They, I swear to God, man. Some of these kids think that they like invented football and they're the best thing that's ever happened, and they're they're fucking untouchable and they're you know they're un they're irreplaceable that's the thing like everybody needs to understand something real quick everybody's replaceable i'm replaceable coach is replaceable motherfucking jimbo's replaceable you three turd freshmen are replaceable everyone's replaceable dog you ain't special and doing dumb shit like this i don't think these kids understand the, the lingering effect and another thing Weed ain't legal in South Carolina, dog. So let, let's be real. Like it wasn't you know, really in Kansas either. It ain't legal in Kansas. It's legal where I live. But like uh, this goes full circle. Have you ever talked about the Brittany Griner thing? Yeah. So look, I I feel for Brittany Griner. That sucks that she's in prison in the fucking gulag over there in Russia for nine years. That sucks. But dog nobody said to you, maybe we shouldn't take anything, anything. I don't care if it's a weed top pen. I don't care if it's two seeds in your bag. Like, I don't care what it is. Dog, no one's going to say to you, Brittany, don't take weed into Russia or don't try and leave and go, don't go to the airport in Russia with weed. No one said that to her. Their circles are fucked. Dog, like, there's rules, and just because of your status, it doesn't mean that you don't have to follow the rules, and I feel for her. It sucks. I mean, I'm sure she's going to be on the all-gulag team. Can you imagine the pickup games in Russia? Like, I'm picking her first. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Like I I say, man, all the time, dog, life's about choices. We make choices every day. We tell our kids this every day. Like, I tell my kids every day, and... You know, growing up in the hood and being around this shit my whole life, like, dude, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. That is just the number one truth-telling fucking term you can ever say in your life. I said, listen, 
Matt, if she got caught doing that in California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, Nebraska, she's also getting 10 years. No, she's not. Well, no, she's not. it's a 10-year charge is what I'm telling you. In anything, anything, if she got caught with the fucking weed top, like the pen top that she got caught with, the only reason Russia's doing this is political. She's an American superstar athlete. And, you know, she's got name recognition, and they're using this to try and get back their people and their spies and shit, too. And the the United States isn't giving up spies for a fucking center. So the truth is, the same law in Texas is also a 10-year charge. Yeah, but uh, a weed top in Texas is 10 years? Yes. I think we should do some research on that one, but... Weed's no, legal in California and shit, so... It's a felony, it's a felony and she had... Well, it, she it may be a felony, but no, nobody's getting fucking 10 years them. anymore in America for fucking weed. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. But she had hash, dog. She had hash, she had weed. Yeah, I, she had I get it. She, she's, she fucked up, and I, I'm sympathetic to what's happening to her. That sucks, and I think it's wrong. But let's be real. Let's be real. How many black dudes in America have been wrongly incarcerated for fucking marijuana over the last, I don't know, let's say 100 years, 50 years, 30 years? I don't know. Millions? <laughs> I don't see anybody fucking out there bouncy Steph Curry on opening night beating down the door for any of them. No, that's why I break it down, dog. Where's LeBron James? Like, what? like I'm sympathetic to her, but how about all the people that are wrongly incarcerated in the United States for this fucking, for a plant? How about all of them? <clears throat> Where's Oprah Winfrey? Like Oprah Winfrey. Oprah, yeah. she's she ain't in the paint, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Where, where, where's Tyler? What's his name? The fucking weirdo that dresses like a girl that's all his movie. Tyler uh, Perry? Where's he at? Like, why aren't you coming to the forefront and saying, hey, I don't know. We got we got six hundred thousand wrongfully incarcerated fucking black men in the men mostly in America. We're not coming out here all up in arms. But all of a sudden, Brittany Griner is the number one fucking topic. And, well, now Kanye West is. But, uh, <clears throat> like I, anyway. look, again, I, I feel for Brittany. I'm sure you do too. But she broke the rules and she didn't break the rules in California. Bro, I, that's Russia. It's Russia. <laughs> I, and saying. you played basketball there. You got to know. Saying. I guarantee you they told you, like, this is, you're in fucking Russia. And that they're, they're like, it's not America. The rules aren't the same. It's a different country, and they don't really like us. You're here because you play fucking center. You're not here to, like, I don't see anybody immigrating to fucking Moscow to go start a fitness company. You know what I'm saying? Hey, dog. <coughs> Why don't we talk about the number one factor in this Brittany Griner thing? I brought it up on my show when it happened to go. But I don't want to get into too much Brittany Griner here because I think well, it just we were talking know, about weed and I know. And, I know. But listen to this, Matt. Russia, dog. Russia's why got she, rules. Why is she even there? Why she, is she there? She's there Matt? playing basketball. She plays know, there in the offseason. They're playing basketball. Why is she there? Because she has to play basketball there because the WNBA doesn't pay him enough. Thank you. You just hit yeah. it on the nail on the head. Exactly. That's all I wanted you to say. I'm glad you said it. We didn't even By the way. Everybody out there, me and Matt don't script our show. We don't even get we, – oh, we, no, we had no idea what we were going to talk about. We have actual busy lives, and we ad-lib this shit every day because I, I get on and we start that. talking. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he comes on. You saw he jumped on, and I started, I hit him in the mouth. I hit him in the mouth with fucking Tom Brady getting with fucked. fucking sex and, stuff. And, and this is the thing. 
I think it makes for better talk when it's ad lib and it's real. Oh, but right, it's real. Yeah, but it's think, real. think about it like this. Think about it like this. I, I truly believe this. Every every woman out there, every feminist, everybody on the left, right, middle, like you always say, what, what fat, tall, skinny, and what? What do you say? Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Everybody, okay? I'm sympathetic to Brittany. That's it's really shitty what's happening to her. But but if if all the females out there supported the WNBA the way that they support the Kardashians and the Real Housewives and the Bats on the Bachelorette, these ladies would be making fucking twenty million dollars a year just like the men, because there's enough women in the world to go fill up the stadiums. Nobody goes. Nobody supports. So, and, but everybody complains about a lack of equality. Well, I'm, there's a professional league. Go right down the street and support. Those buildings should be sold out. But it, it tells you what women think is important. They want makeup and eyelashes and fucking fake nails and the Kardashians and the Bachelorette. And the WNBA's own, it's it's nice, but they're not supporting it. Let's be fucking real. Man. And I know that people are going to get mad at me about this. And, oh, my God, you called somebody out. Get the fuck over it, dog. This is what I do. It's It's the truth. Go support the league they generate, and you don't have to go to Russia. They generate no revenue because nobody shows like Nobody fucking goes. Nobody goes and nobody cares. But guess what they do care about, Matt? WAP videos. Wet-ass pussy videos exactly. by fucking the rappers. Like, they'll defend that. They'll support that. And that is where you throw your energy. You don't throw it in the WNBA and go in to support your females. But guess what? You will cry, bitch, and moan when a dude transitions over to beat your ass in swimming. Now, how hey, the fuck does that make sense? How? <laughs> like, how does that make sense, dog? So this motherfucker goes and beats your ass in swimming, and then all of a sudden the women care. But why aren't you defending and, de- and, and supporting the WNBA, motherfuckers? And hey. I don't want to hear this whole feminist bullshit. Like, dog, you fuckers don't do half the shit you say you do. And now you want to go out here and get mad when a dude with a dick and a third fin beats your ass in a pool. Like, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know where we're going with that one, but I agree that he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be swimming with the cheese. Um, (laughs) I will say this. Have you seen Bill Burr's stand-up? Uh, at Red Rocks, the last one he did. Bill Burr is my favorite comedian of all time. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna try to get him Dog, on the show. I've actually you have got to watch it. He's got such a great fucking like ten minute spiel on this. Anybody, it is so funny. Go watch it. So let's move on. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch it. Uh, oh man, <laughs> unbelievable, Dog. Unbelievable. Uh, but but people people in the chat, the WNBA didn't make no revenue. They you can't put it on them. They've been around thirty years, motherfuckers. I'm not putting it on them. I'm saying people should go support the league if if you want. If I don't see LeBron going to China in the offseason to play for a Chinese team to make money, that's what I'm talking about. Like Man. if you the the platform's there for the ladies to get paid. Man, people have to support, stuff. and people have to what, go buy jerseys, and people what have to look at America? it. What like it's a fucking America, league, bro? and go support it. What what business in America do you know? That's been around thirty years and and not generating any revenue. Oh, uh, not very many. the The WNBA is supported by the NBA. The NBA subs, like the subsidiary funds or whatever it's called. I know. I could be wrong on that one. They pay the WNBA's bills essentially. No, they do, and they also get a lot of ad money, and they also have a lot of private support 
by billionaires, but people don't want to talk about it. 30 years in the industry and you're talking about they don't make no revenue. Well, they had to have sustained for some fucking way. And how about you figure out how to keep your people here in your league? And not this is what I'm talking about. If, if, if the root of the problem, the root of the problem is the fact that she has to go overseas to play. If you just eliminate that, then she doesn't have to leave. And this never happens. So I, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm not taking shots at the WNBA. I don't give a fuck. I don't go watch those games. But I'm saying, like, if you're a female athlete and you you are Title IX pro and all these other things that I think should happen, we want equality. No one's sitting here fucking banging the table saying go back to the kitchen and shit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying maybe you should go support the WNBA. And then they would make more money and we wouldn't have this fucking problem. So moving on. No, I agree. Um, who do you like coming out of the AFC? North. Oh shit, man! As of right now, if I'm going to sit here North, and go North. AFC, NFC, no, you know, AFC I, I've been North, thinking about this a lot. The AFC. AFC if I had to pick my seven right now, the the Bills are my one. All right, they win the East. Um, just division winners right now. The Chiefs are going to be my two. They win the West. The Titans are going to be my three. They win the South. And then the uh, the AFC North, I'm going to give it to Cincinnati. I think that they're playing better than everybody else. And then when you talk about the three wild cards, I think Las Vegas is going to sneak into the last wild card spot. Oh. I really do. I think that they'll figure it out. They, they looked really good Sunday. I know you hate Carr, but I don't care. <laughs> and I think Baltimore is going to sneak into the sixth spot. And then the, the fifth spot is – my Jets, bro. So those those are going to be my my seven playoff teams from the AFC. Well, <laughs> fucker, yeah. I was just asking you about the fucking North, but you fucking didn't listen. So in the AFC North, I got the Bengals or the Ravens. Who do you got? I got Cincinnati winning the division right now. I thought Baltimore would win it at the beginning of the year, but I'm taking Cincinnati right now. I think Baltimore will end up being a uh, wild card. Let me ask you this. Does Is Cincinnati starting to – there are a few teams right now. The last few oh, weeks, shit, Burrow, yeah, Cincinnati scaring teams. They were. Burrow looks like he's back, doesn't he? They were lights fucking out the other day, man. I mean, he look. I went back and watched the all twenty-two of Cincinnati because I, I like watching Joe Burrow in the pocket. He's a hell of a player. Um, he's got a ton of potential. I, I think that you know another ten years and good development. <clears throat> you could be looking at, at one of the greats, um, but his ball placement the other day was on point. Jamar Chase is an absolute animal, and the, the rapport between Burrow and Chase is very rare. They did it in college together. They're best friends. They're doing the league together. That relationship is its awesome to see. I love it. I love the way those two guys work together, and Boyd and Higgins and Mixon. They got weapons everywhere, and they figured it out. I, they really did use the entire month of September for the preseason, essentially. And I think they're dangerous, and they're going to end up winning, you know, 10, 11 games and hosting a playoff game again. And they are they can beat anybody on the road. So Baltimore, first half Baltimore is scary. Second half Baltimore is not. So that that's a, a really – that's a toss-up for me right there. And the Vegas thing, I just – I love Josh Jacobs. I think they have weapons everywhere. And in spite of what you think about Carr, I think that they have a real chance to be a, a really dangerous team in the playoffs when they get there. I agree. Um, but, uh, but again, like, did you did you see any of that Vegas game the other day against Houston? 
Yeah, I have it on my. I have. I broke it down. I have it. Dog, Josh Jacobs in that run game is lethal, and I don't even really like their offensive line that much. But their scheme, and I, I played under McDaniel's for two years, and his run game scheme is incredible. I love the way they run the ball. It was the same way New England did. I love the way New England runs the ball with motions and multiple tight ends and a real fullback. They're just not fucking around. So I, I really dig it. Um. I want to show you something here. I want to get into a little bit since I have you and, and we haven't broken down any film. Now that I have the film, um, I can't wait to share film with you, my brethren. Um, let's see how it works out here. I don't know why this fucking film... Give me one second. You're good, dog. I ain't going nowhere. Uh, I don't know why this fucking. Thing... I got. I got to be out of here by eight fifty today. So just so you know. Okay. Um, I actually have some Joe Burrow and Ravens film, but I don't know if I could show it because it's fucking me up. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Can you see it? Yes. All right, dog. I just got six more games yesterday, by the way. They will be uploaded today. We're going to have every fucking NFL game uh, shortly here. And we don't get fucking hit. We can actually show that. All right, so, Matt, let's talk the box. We'll talk fast. We'll give everybody what their money's worth. We'll talk. I'll talk to perimeter QB play with the perimeter on the edges, and you talk O-line, D-line. Um, is it big enough for you? Yeah, we're good. I'm just counting the box. All right, so we got a basically a four-man box with an attachment because we're trying to stay too high here versus empty fucking formations, okay? For everybody out there that don't understand, here's one guy in man. This is another guy. He's a two-high open box, read key. We got a two on the roof. Here's a backer. Here's a backer. They, in essence, don't give a fuck about Joe Burrow running the football here. So we are in a two-man look here from the pre-snap read determination. What I would say is two-man I would doubt they would try to run any type of two or quarters versus this empty look. So I'm going to say he's in lock, man. If this number two receiver goes vertical, he carries him. He'll be a zone player underneath. I say this guy does the same for this third receiver. I say he's a rerouter or a run checker. And then we're locked up here. We obviously see his eyes are cocked at the queue. We know he's in man. So that is what we see coverage-wise, Matt. It's a four-man go, obviously. I don't see any type of pressure here, um, and we don't see any pressure. And we're going to get the ball out quick. I like how Joe Burrow just gets rid of the football without any hesitation. I would actually teach him not even to take any rocker at all with his feet. We're catching and throwing this. I don't even want to see our feet move, and that is what I would teach. I would just point nice our at least flip screen. All right, so can I go? Yeah, 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 go. All right, take it back to the top. All right, so right now we walk out, all right? They are in, uh, they're in, it looks like, 10 personnel, all right, empty. Uh, 10 personnel empty, so no true tight end on the field. Three by two, or is that a tight end? No. Or is that a back? All right, cool. So, yeah, 10 personnel. So, 10, three by two, all right? Uh, Baltimore comes out and counters this with, it looks like an even front, so double A gaps exposed, open. All right, they're three for two at the top of the screen. So if I'm talking pack protection, 
The nickel at the top of the screen on the two receiver side is probably where I'm going to go from a pass protection standpoint. Uh, but right now, Cincinnati's running something called alley screen, which is the slip screen to the left on the three-by side, where you've got the two blockers out in front. They set the edge. The left tackle, left guard, they're out. Left tackle's got kick. Left guard has alley. The trash man is the center. He's going to pick up anything lingering in the back. And then you break this off to your elite receiver, Jamar Chase. He does a good job of catching it and not stopping his feet and getting up the field. And they block it up pretty well, and he, he gets vertical. It's a nice nine-yard gain here right off the bat. Uh, the shell coverage right here by Baltimore, I'm sure that Burrow, if one of these safeties walks down and makes it a true cover one, cover three fence look, offense is everybody at the second level within five yards of each other. I'm sure he can audible this to a more vertical route, something like that, move the back back into the backfield to protect. But right right now, I really like the putting the back all the way to the field. And then, you know, the, in man coverage, they've either got a – right now they bump out to this with a corner so you know it's zone. If the linebacker would have walked out with them, no, that you is, would know that is man. That's, that's the linebacker. That's right, yeah, see, I can't see their numbers as far. Yeah, so that is the linebacker. So that tells you immediately they're in man coverage. So it puts the other linebacker in the box here because they're in nickel. All right, two linebackers on the field. He's spying Joe Burrow, essentially, with your four-man even front. So, remember in evens, when you have – there's five fronts, over, under, even, odd, and bare. Odd and bare are enigma, are enigma fronts. We will talk about those when we get those looks. When you're talking about an even front here, okay, one of those two, three techniques has to become a one technique. You can't just run B-gaps all day. Games are huge, all right? They absolutely run a ton of games, TT, ETs. Tango games, Rico games, shit like that. And they also also run what's called NASCAR. So when you get a NASCAR look, that is four of the best pass rushers Baltimore has on the field right here. Now, they could call this over G, or they could call it even, because that backside three technique is also, he's a, he's a head-up player. So you can call it however you want. But right now, they do a really good job. This alley screen's set up for success if the lineman will get out of the damn way. Go back real quick to that back view. If the linemen just keep running, this is this play really has a chance. All three of the linemen right here, you see, like, the first of all, the trash man, the third guy, the, the now the center right there should be peeling back and picking up this this defensive lineman that's chasing right here. The, the trash man is the, no, 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 the other one, the one that makes the tackle. This, yes, the center has to peel back and pick up the trash man. We've already got four guys in front. Because if the, if he picks up the trash man, this game this this play is out the gate. Because not only does he allow Chase to have the cutback lane more to the seam uh, or to the uh, to the uh, hash, but also he gets the guy who makes the tackle out of the play. So right now you've got seventy three is your kick. The left guard is Alley. So seventy three's got the first thing outside with the receivers. The left guard has the linebacker right there that we said was spying Burrow. And then the center has got to peel back here on the defensive end and pick that up. And if he peels back and picks up the garbage, this fucking this plays a touchdown. So look, let me let me show you how I run screens. Just so everything you're just saying right here is why I run it the way I run it. So I run a guard center guard screen. I don't ever fuck with the tackle. First of all, I like to kick the tackle and influence the DN up the field so we could throw the football. And he doesn't retrace this fast, but when he sees even the even on alley, you, on yeah, even on alley. So this screens, is why you want, I tackle. You want the backside guard running on alley? Yeah, because the backside guard is going to go here, 
Let me get up. Let me get up. Because this is my thing, Matt. Let me show you right here. On wide receiver slip screen, you don't want your tackle out? Nah, because why? Oh, I got a hat already when an empty form. I got a hat right there and I got a hat right here. I don't need my tackle. You know what my tackle needs to do? Kick step and get the spy, which your guys call you calling the trash player. I call the spy. Well, the, the, tra the trash player isn't work. the spy, though. The trash player is the defensive end. Yeah, exactly. So the spy, so that's what I'm saying. The defensive end is retracing. If he were to kick step and kick and kick and get vertical, we're inviting this guy up because I'm taking a drop on my drop for my receiver. This is a little different than what I do because this is just a get it out right now slam screen. And if we're going to run this particular screen, I would do what they're doing and what you're talking. If, well, I'm if going we were, to run if we were running tailback screen out of this and there was a back in the backfield, I would vertical set with the left tackle like you're talking about and run the interior three. But when yeah, we're running yeah, exactly. flip screen to a three-by-side, the tackle has to leave. He's yeah. got to go. No, Yeah, this is, a, this is a now screen. I get it. I, I would do the same thing they're doing and what you're saying. But in a, in a slip screen to the outside receiver, I'm inviting the DN up the field so I can throw that ball over the top and make it easy. But I'm gonna, what I'm, my point is we've broken down one play. Here, here's number two. We're getting the ball to chase right now, and, and this is what the NFL is becoming, Matt. I don't care what quarterback's throwing it. Besides Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers where they're throwing the ball more vertical, which I have Tom Brady film now. We'll be able to break this down as the weeks go along. Burrow, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. We're getting the ball out of our hand now, fast, quick. And it's just, I don't see the standard drop back read progression that we used to see. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, we agreed D-lines are uh, superior to O-line play right now. A lot of injuries in the NFL too. Fucking a quarter of the NFL's hurt. Most of them fucking being O-line. The Raiders have had 22 offensive line changes already. They lead the NFL, which is crazy. Jesus. Um, I'm just curious on what is your take on the quick throws, get it out. Uh, you know, we're not dropping no more. We got a four-man rush here. We know by, by formation and by coverage, Matt, we're only getting four here. Why well, not? He, he's in the gun. I don't need him to drop five more steps in the gun. He's already there. So, I, right. I personally love the short passing game as long as it's done correctly. It's an art form if it's done right. Uh, the spacing, the you know, the ability to pick players just with your route combinations and get one-on-one -on -one looks, the ability to set up screens and intricate screens off of the protections and all that stuff based on your quick passing game, the way that you can make your offensive line look uh, similar to the run game when you're running your pass protection. So I, I love the fucking quick passing game as long as it's done correctly. Man, I, I hate Burrow's feet right here. I hate his feet. I think we're asking for a disaster with inaccuracies once we get later on in the game. But he's he, we're so quick to get it out, and we're not we're not. There's an old antis in quarterback play: be quick, don't hurry. It's a John Wooden term. I used to I used to drill it in my quarterbacks. I want to see his hips get around. I want to see his foot get pointed at this guy. This is just a bad, bad mechanically thrown football, but he's gifted guy to get it out there. But at the same time, it's not going to last very what, long. What were his numbers the other day? You don't, you don't think Burrow is going to last in the NFL? Yeah, I think he'll last. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. That's what I thought you said. He's a, he's a prototypical guy that's going to get it done. He already went to a Super Bowl once. He's the guy that I think is sustainable, of course. He's the sustainable guy. His, uh, his numbers on Sunday were nice. They, they play, he loves yeah. playing Baltimore.
He's only one of the only guys that threw for under 300 yards. I mean, fuck. He fucking nope. loves playing Baltimore. He chops them up every time he gets a chance. Yeah. Are they playing this week? Uh, I thought they they just played Baltimore. He, they just, he just chopped up Baltimore. Didn't they? No. Or no, Cincinnati beat the Atlanta They just played clean. Cincinnati yeah. just beat the When they played, the I think they play either this week or next week, one of the two. Yeah, they uh, – Burrow just beat the shit out of Atlanta. I'll get that game today. But he he chopped up Baltimore twice last year for yeah like a thousand yards in the two games they played. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is last year's tape. I thought this was this year. No, this is this year. This is this year. This is the yeah. first game that Baltimore won, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, he just chopped up Atlanta the other day. That's true. He was balling. Yeah. yeah. So here we go, Chase back to the backfield, uh, doing a few different things, um, handing him the football. I mean, you know, people are doing a lot of things formationally and personnel-wise. That's a wasted play there to me. But you want to talk about what the front is, Matt? We're going to talk about the backer box. I want to talk – this was 44. But, so we so, got to – So right, right, now we're, right now we're immediately go 11, all right, three by one, tight end ISO left. Uh, then they motion chase back in here, so it immediately goes to a two by two look. So you get mirror symmetrical routes. Right now they're in an uh, they're in an over front with a three technique to the tight end side with a backside one technique with his right hand down to the center. So this is over nickel. All right, backside over here on, on top of your nine technique is the nickel or the corner stack with the safety over him. So we've got three guys for two. You see that the way that the safety just plus down. And the corner backed up because Chase moved into the backfield. So they just essentially exchanged responsibilities. Somebody's on the tight end, somebody's on the back. And then they're cover one at the top with man coverage to the other side. So, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a productive play yardage wise. But again, it forces communication by Baltimore. It shows us offensively if they're man or zone coverage. We get to see the way they switch things off, which later in the game we can take advantage of when the time is right. They're doing a lot of fucking things in the back row here on this play. A lot of people don't realize what's happening here. So pre-snap read, we're in a little bit of man-free look. We're probably locked man, man. We're man here. This is a linebacker, by the way, because this is a tight end running back. This is man. And watch at the snap. We used to call this disco and dice at the snap. They're going to rotate. They're going to run a bunch of different shit back here to confuse Burrow. So now they quarter drop the mic. They get him out under Roll the ball. They're whole dropping the fucking nickel. And throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Fuck. Why I don't understand, Matt, why quarterbacks in today's league can't find the read key and go where he's not. Like, I have never seen it this bad. Like, Matt, pre-snap read, Matt, I'm throwing this unless, unless what? Unless he comes up and butts, unless he runs out, like, unless. Why are we throwing it now? Throw it. Yeah, it's, a, it's a teachable moment, definitely, in the meeting. I mean, when you go back, go back real quick. It's the beauty of football is trims, okay? So you go back, and we're in, you know, 10 personnel, three by one uh, left. Every time you get a three by one look, you get levels. That's what they do here. The, the quick throw is your flat throw, is your underneath throw. They've got a middle throw on the level concept of the sticks, and they have the deep route to the to the three-by-one side, and then they're isolating the guy at the top, running the safety over the top at the top and pressing him at the last second. 
lot of movement by the defense. And then the defense also in this nickel look with the two linebackers, one of them's running Tampa two right down the middle of the field to control this deep player and this deep receiver, knowing that they're going to go levels. And then the other linebacker is running somewhere to the flat, trying to intersect two or one and two there. And he does a pretty good job. This backside corner is playing off and allowing the underneath throw so they can rally and tackle. I mean, he should be getting the ball out though right fucking now. But here's my thing. I want to let me get to a little bit quarterback one-on-one for everybody out there that knows quarterbacks better than me. All right, number one, 44 is a linebacker, okay? He is a guy by personnel that we it, we know is a linebacker. He's number 40 fucking four. So, in theory. For, for, 44 for Baltimore? Right here. That's Humphrey. That's like one of the best corners in football. Oh, that's their, that's their corner? Yeah, that's Humphrey. He's 44? Yeah, man. You can wear whatever number you want in the NFL now. Hey, so why was he just in the box? Because he plays all over the place. He's a, like, a huge corner. It's Bobby Humphrey's kid. He went to Alabama. All right, so here we go. He's a fucking yeah, animal. He can play okay, anywhere. So I'm mistaken. This is a corner. Wearing 44. Love, fuck old school. Why are we reading him, though, with this formation? If he bells, we throw the hits. If he squats, we look to number two. Why yeah. are we not reading him is my question to Burrow. Well, hit, hit play real quick and watch this linebacker flash. Right there. He's not even coming there. No, so the Mike and the Will, ex well, they exchange. So the Will, or the Mike, however you want to look at it, the first linebacker right there on the hash. Here's now the, the other one. He goes Tampa 2 and goes to the middle of the field to take yes. the to take yeah. the vertical. The other guy's sprinting in between one and two. And I think Burrow's eyes first are to the right. He's trying to isolate up here for Chase or whoever that is. But I, I don't know who he throws the ball to, but he should come back quick. They they roll this pretty pretty nice here with the two linebackers. They do, but I but my Matt, my point is if I'm teaching him, if I'm teaching Burrow and I see all this shit looks cloudy as fuck to me, Matt, let me get off it. Let me get out of it. Let me get back here, and I got a back swinging right here. I got a guy in my fucking face. Yeah, he's got two throws. Yeah, and I don't take. No, a go sack. back real quick to the to the back sack. view. Can I? Well, take the ball should be out. That's on the, the. Everybody will blame that on the O line, but really, it's on the quarterback. So go back real quick to the preset. So right now, the front hit stop. It's all this is is an is an expanded over with a zero technique instead of a one technique. That, that they're coming, they're trying to give you some kind of look that confuses you here. Right now, Cincinnati goes four-man Louis left, and they isolate 71, and then Baltimore moves and gets a sack. So hit play real quick. Yep, right there. And then the right, the right tackle totally oversets, not understanding that he's rock one-on-one. -on -one. Um And that, you know, that that is what it is. The ball needs to be out, number one. He had a clean nine-yard completion on the backside on number one than the flat concept. And then number two, the offensive line isn't to blame right there. The, the, the ball's being held for a really long time. The right tackle is really bad. I mean, he's oversetting like a son of a bitch. You're getting beat inside. So you got to, like, good defensive linemen and pass rushers are only as good as them realizing when they are rock one-on-one. -on -one. If you know you're one-on-one -on -one in the NFL – you should fucking win every time as a defensive lineman. 
Nah, no doubt. I'm going to I'm gonna get into some Jalen Hurts later on today with, with uh, my boy Chase uh, Sr., who joins us later on. Uh, I know you got about 10 minutes to get out of here. Uh, tomorrow night's game, I know uh, we, got a, uh, we got another fucking Thursday night fucking. Oh, man. Who, who plays tomorrow? I'm just so tired of the Amazon Prime thing. I, I don't know what you feel. Uh, I'm fucking over the Amazon Prime thing. I can't, I can't fucking watch it. It's unfucking believable to me. Um, it's pretty bad. It's the Ravens Bucks tomorrow. It's the best game on the slate, in my opinion, on a Thursday night game. We got. The yeah, I'll take, I'll take Tampa against Baltimore. That's a good game. I'll we're watch. Gonna, the, gonna, I'll watch we'll the game tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, me and you will break it down tomorrow morning. But There's something to talk about on Friday too. When if, yeah. Lamar, if Lamar struggles, you're you're just sitting in there like this is fucking Christmas Day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. well, I got, and I'll have the game film, and I'll have Brady and that guy and Lamar, and we could actually dissect both. Let me ask you this: uh, We got a wager tonight. We got a bet tonight. Um, Denver Nuggets Lakers. Do you want to take this bet? Yeah. What do you want to bet? What well, you tell me? Hold on. Let me. Uh... I bet. I bet money. So, hundred bucks, fifty bucks, what? Uh, oh, it don't matter to me. You want to bet money? Yeah, fucking a! I don't bet. Well, I'm not gentleman betting. Fuck that. I got I got your graphics up. I had your graphics up. Oh, I'll bet you a C-No. Nuggets. No points. Straight money line. Straight win-loss. Yep. Yeah, but if you just want to give me your money, that's cool because the Lakers are terrible. Yeah, but Denver, you know... Denver is nice, dog. We got the MVP. We're gonna run you out of the fucking building. Denver, I know, is good. Yeah, you're right. Awesome. How about this? You know what that what was? was? That? You know what that was? I didn't even see it. It is load management at its finest. These two yeah, pussies set last night. Already after game three, they set last night for load management. And you got guys walking they up. Lost. Yeah, they lost. Um, I want to show you your fucking, your deal, dog, but I can't fucking find it. Here we go. Here we go. Um, all right. Hector, you said Nuggets are minus 225 and a half point favorites. I don't give a fuck about no favorites. Make sure you head over to CoachJB.com. You got 6-0 Academy. You got the Savage hoodie, and you got the bomber jacket in there. Go on over there and get you some 6-7. After Matt came in dropping knowledge, truth bombs, go on over to CoachJBStore.com today. Um, Matt, I'm taking the Lakers straight up. They have to win a game. I mean, you can't start off 0-4, dog. You guys already beat Golden State. I mean, yeah, they have to win a game, but it ain't tonight. So they're going to have to find a different a different route to take against than trying to win in Denver. I mean, there's no love loss here between the the Nuggets and the Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers are a better franchise. We're not going to sit here and debate that. I'm just saying, like, right now, the Lakers are a fucking joke, and LeBron's legacy is tarnished because at the end of his career, he's playing with a bunch of chumps on a terrible fucking team. He's not raising banners and winning rings, so... You know, I know that Mike played for, for Washington two years, you know, after being retired for two years. 
LeBron's been playing straight since he was a pup. I just I wouldn't be surprised if they try and trade LeBron by at some point this year. If I were him, I would want out, go somewhere where I can actually fucking win. You know he loves chasing rings. He'll go anywhere. You can he's he he's the reason Kevin Durant is like the way he is. Durant watched LeBron jump around ring to ring, so he was like, "Well, hell, if he can do it, I can do it." Let me ask you this: Is anyone going to sit out for the Nuggets tonight? No, not against the Lakers. Fuck no. the The Nuggets don't really load manage that much. They they'll give a guy a break. Jamal Murray's going to get a break eventually because he's coming back from a knee. But they uh, Nikola plays a lot. I mean, damn near every game if he can be on the on the court. And I don't think that they're going to sit anybody tonight. No, I think they're going to go out there and try and beat the shit out of the Lakers. The Nuggets struggled the other night against Portland. Uh, Anthony Simmons and and Dame Time went off, and they put 135 on them. So Malone's pretty pissed off at the defense, and I, I'd imagine the Nuggets are going to play hard and the right way tonight. If I had to guess. about Clay Thompson and Devin Booker talking shit last night, and they eject uh, Clay Thompson. Uh, I I think that it's nice to see. I wish there was more of it in the NBA. I like it. I I. I, you know, I grew up in an era in the NBA where there's no blood, no foul, and I I liked it. I thought it was awesome when they softened up the game and, you know, quit having enforcers and you could just run the lane at ease and blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's good for the game of basketball. But that said, um, I don't have a problem with those two going after each other. I mean, look, man, ain't, no basketball players are going to start fist fighting these days that there's no Alonzo Mourning fucking fist fights anymore. There's no, <laughs> there's no more Anthony Masons, you know, like it's just not the way it is. There's no Kurt Rambis out there going to throw down. So, you know, it's uh it's a different era and shit talking is essentially a fight. So that should tell you all you need to know. They had a verbal altercation. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> it's like it's who who can use who can use harsh language the best? Oh, uh, dog, that is a days. great analogy. Great analogy of this pussy-ass fucking five world we live in. Uh, Pac-12 Shit talking might as well be a fist fight these days. Pac-12 odds, uh, Oregon is plus 125, now the favorite to win the Pac-12. Do you agree that Oregon winning the Pac-12 now that after UCLA shit on themselves? Maybe. I mean, they're going to have to play SC or UCLA again, assuming they get to the Pac-12 title game, which they should. Um and it's hard to beat a team twice. So if that team they have to beat twice is UCLA on a neutral site, maybe the Bruins have a chance. But, bro, Oregon just manhandled them the other day. They didn't just beat them. They beat the shit out of them. So I, I didn't get to watch it, man. I, I, I'm just – Chip Kelly's 0-4 in Oregon uh, since he play, coached there. Uh, USC – It's hard to win in Eugene. They are not fucking around. Yeah, it's tough. They're, I'm impressed with Dan Lanning, man's first head coaching gig after getting shellacked by his former team, Georgia, game one. Uh, they have bought in. He seems to get having right – he's righted the ship, so to speak. He's got his young OC calling good offense. They're scoring points. Uh, the quarterback's actually taking care of the football. Um, he looks night and day from what he did game one and what he did in Auburn. Yeah. Um, so he's looking okay. Uh, the shocking one of this one, I want to get your take uh, before you get out of here. T- TCU, obviously, we know they're the favorite now to win it, but Texas is still second at plus two fifty after losing to Oklahoma State um, most recently. 
that's got to be a screw up. There's, I mean, look, I, Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma State. They have one loss. If they run the table, I think Oklahoma State. I, I think they beat TCU in the Big 12 title game uh, to kind of get some revenge after losing to TCU in Fort Worth. So TCU is a great story. They are balling out. I'd love to see them be undefeated and get into that last spot. I mean, I I just don't – I want every conference represented. I at least want four conferences, not, you know, two SEC West schools or Georgia and Alabama or whatever the fuck. I want one team from the SEC, one team from the Big Ten, one team from the fucking Pac-12 or the ACC, and one team from the Big 12, and let's go to let's go to work. So, I like TCU. They can help the Big 12 a lot by staying undefeated, but I don't think they will. The Big 12 cannibalizes itself every year. Let me ask you this. Heisman Trophy odds came out yesterday. C.J. Stroud, minus 110. I don't see it. I know we've talked about it. I think he struggles with big-time throws and big-time games. They haven't really been pressed at all they haven't really been threatened at all um they got Penn State this weekend um Penn State comes off blowing out Minnesota which people thought they could shit the bed after the loss to Michigan they came out and I, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad James Franklin got them guys to come back and get up for a Minnesota team CJ Stroud's favorite by Hendon Hooker second Caleb Williams at SC's third uh Bo Nix now is bumped into the conversation um wow. That is how crazy this is on the media market. What, He's playing well, bro. Yeah. Who do you got winning it right now if you were to pick today? I, I The the back at Michigan, I can't remember his name, number two, uh, Corum. Is that it Blake kid Corum? Is, yeah, that kid is fucking balling. If they stay undefeated and he goes for 2,000, I could see him winning it. Or, or I, I really like Hooker. I think he's playing his balls off. I think Max Dugan at TCU is playing his balls off. I don't think he's getting enough love. Not even in the um, mix. What? Not even in the fucking mix, and they're undefeated. Yeah, he's not even in the mention. So, and he's you know quarterbacking an undefeated team, and his numbers are really good. Um, I, you know, I I, uh, I have a feeling it's just going to go to Stroud just because, but I don't think he's the best player in the country, and I don't think he's the best quarterback, and. I don't think he should be the number one pick either. Like the more I watch this kid, the more I think he's going to be a bust. I, I and I'm, I could be wrong. I know he's got a live arm and shit, but his footwork is suspect. His ball placement is all over the fucking place, and I think he's con- he's consistent because his wide receivers are so goddamn good and so much better than the guys they're playing against. When he gets to the NFL, a three yard miss, Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't going to be able to jump up and grab that for you. He's not on the team anymore that corner is going to be plucking that bitch in the NFL. So that's all I'm saying. You know, it, it's, uh, I, agree. it's I like the hooker kid a lot. I think he's playing his ass off. I I agree, but I don't think he translates to the league either. So oh, no, but from the Heisman perspective, I think he could win it. Yeah, no, no doubt. Hey man, I appreciate you coming in. Hey, man, you brother, I'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow. All right. Peace. Peace. Lakers. I got the Lakers. Uh, Chase Sr. will be joining us next. We'll get into some uh, third and long uh, segment uh, here shortly. Uh, I'm, I'm solo for the next few. I got uh, Chase Sr. will be joining us. We're gonna, I got a lot of good things to ask him. We're going to talk about some breakdowns that he does on chat sports. Uh, we'll be breaking that down in a second. Uh, give me three minutes. I'm going to take a piss and uh, give me some coffee. And we got the final hour in 10 minutes. Myself with Chase Sr., 
and we'll be breaking all things down, NFL and otherwise. I'll see you in a few. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Don't go nowhere. Peace. Number one, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Lamar Jackson's had no issues off the field. He's been he's been great in the community and all those things. Okay. Um, let me get a quote of the day. It's ticking on the bottom of the thing. I didn't even say it. Separation comes from preparation. Make sure you understand that. Separation comes from preparation. There's a reason they put that film contract in Kyler Murray's fucking claws, and it clearly showed last night. I pointed it out, even though it's one play. Well, I could have pointed out uh, 20 plays, and it is clear that him and the head coach are not on the same wavelength as far as calling plays. Because if they were, you'd have a completely different schematics going on. They were in quads on that fucking play, by the way. To the left. He's a right-handed quarterback. Everything's fucked up from the jump. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into all that. But Lamar Jackson is, is a great kid. Human. Perfect kid you want to represent in your, 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 your organization. All those things. Great. I understand it. But, dog, at the end of the day, you still have to produce and win championships. He's done nothing. Lamar Jackson's done nothing of significance. And I told you about this fucking MVP thing in the NFL. It is a popularity vote, whether it's good or bad, on or off the field. Let me break it down. Aaron Rodgers won the last two. Why? Because he's controversial off the field. Plus, we know he's the best ball spinner on it. Lamar Jackson that year was a popular guy. He came in ripping it, running around, freak of nature, all that shit. But we knew he wasn't going to win no real games. Anyone, guys that I know, the guys that I know knew he wasn't going to win no meaningful playoff game. But they gave him the fucking MVP. Steve Nash beat Kobe Bryant twice for an MVP in the NBA. <clears throat> you don't think it's a popularity vote? You think Steve Nash deserved it over Kobe fucking Bryant? And then they played in the playoffs that same year? And Kobe fucking ripped his ass in a seven-game series and dominated him. But yet, Steve Nash got the fucking MVP. It is not the best. I'm just telling you. So, we're going to see the issues that you're going to see when Lamar Jackson faces a team other than the Jets, A, and B, when he can't stop throwing the football deep. Because if you ever see him throwing crossing routes or digs or curls or fucking even quick balls, he can't throw them. All right, all right, all right. Oh, I'm going to ask uh, Chase about the 49ers taking McCaffrey. Uh, I'm going to ask him about Dak Prescott. We're going to ask him about a lot of things. We're going to get into it. Um, Marcus Mariota, I want to break this game down because they got fucking absolutely waxed by Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow was 34 of 42 for 481 and three touchdowns, almost 500 yards. All right. He almost threw for 500 yards. That is what I remember by big time NFL quarterbacks doing. Fucking Mariota was eight of 13, 120 yards. 120 yards. 
I just don't understand how this is the NFL quarterback right now. Dak Prescott was 19 of 25, decent percentage first game back. He did throw six balls completed at or behind the line of scrimmage. So let's take those six away. He's 13 of 20, let's say, for 200 yards and a touchdown. If you guys think Dak Prescott looked like a complete upgrade from fucking Cooper Rush, you don't know football. Eddie Manyweather, where you at? Where you at, Eddie? Going back to college, I think the Heisman Trophy winner is going to come out of that Ohio State-Michigan game. Whoever wins that game, I believe, is going to win the Heisman. Because Bryce Young, I think, has, has gotten hurt. He missed a game or two. Uh, they lost a game. Um, I just think that... Unless Alabama just goes on an unbelievable run and wins it all and Bryce goes crazy, I don't think he's even going to be in the mix of the conversation in this, as far as Heisman. So I don't I don't think Bryce – I think Bryce is out of it, but I do think Bryce is still the best quarterback and who will have probably him, the guy, Hartman at Wake Forest. Um, I think right now those are the two most NFL-ready quarterbacks. I would love to see Bryce stay in college another year. But what do I know? We're so quick to get into the NFL. We're so quick to get into the NBA. We're so quick to anoint LeBron James as the best player in the NBA history. Dog, did you hear Charles Barkley the other day? He broke down things that I'm discussing right now. We anoint these dudes too fast. We anoint these guys too fast. LeBron James came right out of high school. So think about it. Kareem played four years in, in college. We don't take those things into account. Into account, And I think, uh, I think, uh, I believe that Charles Barkley was dead on balls accurate. Dead on balls accurate. <clears throat> so Bruce Helms, shut the fuck up. I don't know you and Sarah Dick, motherfucker. Oh, you can you both can suck these nuts though. I'm gonna tell you that shit. You wanna bet Tennessee don't win no fucking national title, motherfucker? Fuck I owe you apology for you bitch made motherfucker. Shut up. You're full of bullshit. You motherfuckers talk too goddamn much for me. Um the Raiders are two and four. Matt said they get in as a wild card. I do not see the Raiders getting in as a wild card. I don't see it. I don't see it. Fuck no. There's no way. The Raiders are a fucking dumpster fire with a quarterback that can't get out of his own way. They beat the fucking Houston Texans. I do not see them getting in as a wild card. Matt thinks they will be a wild card team. There's no way. I don't see it. Uh, I can't wait for the Lakers to beat the Nuggets tonight. Um, don't tell Matt. I'm not going to take his money, though. Don't tell Matt. I'm not going to take his money, though. Uh, we'll put it into the pot. We'll put it into the pot. We'll put it into the pot. Um, but without further ado, let's get to our guest. Let's get to our main work boot Wednesday co-host uh, chase senior let me i'm gonna put his ticker right on the bottom chat sports own nfl analyst chase senior 
He's going to join us. Welcome in. What up, man? I appreciate you. Coach JB, how's it going, man? Hope the cigar launch went well. The fedora, a great look, by the way. Very, very swaggy and an underrated look. Hey, underrated, I thought, man. I had to, you know, I had to break out the little, you know, the Miami Cuban, you know, mobster football look. I don't know what I call that. It's all about the vibe. It's all about the vibe. A little drip on a Saturday. A little drip, man. Hey, see, you young cats got all that swag and that lingo, man. I got to learn all that shit, man. I, I remember my players, I was recruiting like, Coach, your drip. What's up with your drip? I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> see, I'm 30 years old, so I'm starting to get a little bit out of that realm, but I do have to stay young a little bit. Woo, 30 years old. God damn. So that means you were born. Oh, I don't even want to. 92. So you were born, and I was already starting quarterback in high school. That's crazy. I was a sophomore. So you were slinging dimes and I was coming out the womb. Yep, yep, yep. And now you've been chasing the womb again for 30 years. <laughs> exactly right. Now I'm trying to get that paper. That's what I'm talking about, man. Get that paper. Hey, uh, man, a lot, a lot of interesting uh, games this past weekend. Uh, I got NFL film now, man. It's unbelievable. I got four more games yesterday. I have to upload for the rest of the week. But I haven't even started to get into film yet. I'm going to start. I think I'm going to make it my own show. So I'm going to have to talk to you, man. We might have to be doing a show here soon, uh, separate of this. Uh, 49ers, man, made a splash. They got McCaffrey. Uh, do you like it as a fan or do you do you like it or not like it as a business decision? I don't like it, but I don't believe NFL running backs are very long-lasting in the NFL, and I think you can get them on the street. Um, I don't believe you should have gave up that many picks for him, and if he gets hurt tomorrow like he's known to do, you are really setting your franchise back with the Trey Lance thing and now McCaffrey for a long, long time. Are you buying into the Rams model on what the Niners are trying to do? Yeah, so a few things there. First of all, this is why you tune in for Work Boot Wednesday every single Wednesday because when we come on, we keep it real, but also we predicted that Christian McCaffrey could potentially get traded to the 49ers. So you heard it here first. From a football perspective, I do like it, JB, and I'm with you. I think running backs are expendable. I think you can find running backs for much cheaper than McCaffrey in free agency or in the mid to late rounds of the NFL draft. So as part of a team building philosophy, I don't like paying a lot of big money to running backs, nor do I like taking them early in the draft. The fact that the Dallas Cowboys took Zeke that early and then paid him almost $100 million is very prohibitive. But the 49ers right now are in an interesting situation. You bring up the Rams, it's very similar to where the Rams were last year in terms of their title window. They have a bunch of premier players. All pros, Trent Williams, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, and a team that's ready to win right now. And up until last week and really all throughout this year, this is a 49ers offense that's been completely mediocre. It's been stagnant. They've missed a lot of opportunities for big splash plays. They've struggled to put points on the board. Last week against KC, they did exactly what you can't do. They settled for three points instead of putting up seven. But for Kyle Shanahan, look, he looks at Christian McCaffrey as another weapon and an opportunity to maximize this title window right now. But he's also under contract the next couple of years. What's also interesting to note, he's making a lot of money right now. He is on that second contract, but he's only 26 years old. And that contract is non-guaranteed 
after this year. So I think they could restructure it for a cheaper price. And then when you think about it from a schematic standpoint, I think when you run some RPOs with him and Trey Lance, then that run game could be a little bit more dangerous. And I look at Christian McCaffrey, lastly, as more of a weapon, not just as a running back. He can run in between the tackles, JB. He can get out to the perimeter. You can line him up as a slot wide receiver. You can even go split back in the backfield with him and Debo Samuel and use both of them as kind of a disguise. But also for an opposing defense, you're not sure who's going to get the ball. Both could go out on wheel routes. Both could run it. So I do like it from a fit standpoint. I'm with you that I don't like paying running backs a lot of money. But when you're running a business and you have an opportunity to be very successful and in the football standpoint you can win a super bowl maximize that title window push your poker chips to the middle of the table and go all in because there are a lot of sports organizations out there that are not aggressive so the fan base should at least give credit to san francisco for taking that big swing nah nicely put uh I, you know the thing about it is he comes back and i thought he actually played way more than I thought he would game one. Um, obviously, Shanahan tree, McCaffrey tree, very tightly knitted right there, uh, having that family bond there, playing together. Uh, Mike Shanahan, the father of the current 49er coach, Shanahan, uh, played with Ed McCaffrey. Uh, Ed McCaffrey playing for his father back in the day for the Denver Broncos. Obviously, I've, I, I would bet dollars to dimes, Chase, that they've had some uh, – cups of coffee talking X's and O's. I'm sure he knew the offense prior to arrival. And I think it made it very easy for him, especially being a back that was just going to be released out the backfield, maybe a few carries on this is the play, this is your track, hit the center's ass crack and let it open up. And I don't think it's really hard to throw that in as a running back. Um, what happened to the 49ers, though, in that game, other than that McCaff or other than the McCaffrey signing, they seem to have been in the game up 13-13. Up I thought they actually were doing well. And then the Chiefs' explosion, so to speak, started to happen. Um, and Jimmy G kind of uh, wet the bat a little bit late in the game, I thought, um, with some errant throws. W what do you take away from that game? And are the, are the Niners, are they struggling? Yeah, they're struggling. And... I actually think that you should do a film breakdown of Shanahan's offense and some of the plays that Jimmy Garoppolo is missing and just some of the bad mistakes that he's making. We know that Jimmy Garoppolo is a very limited quarterback from a physical standpoint. He also likes to live in between the hashes and right around the hashes inside the numbers, really struggles to push the ball downfield. So I'd love to see what Kyle Shanahan can actually do with a legitimate quarterback to the likes of Patrick Mahomes because there have been guys who are running free, but the 49ers are one of the more off-penalized teams in the NFL. They turn the football over a lot they've been top 10 in injury rates since Shanahan came all those things are certainly detrimental to San Francisco this year and that's why they've been underwhelming off to that three and four start but with this game in particular look it was a game in the first half it was a game through three quarters but I kind of liken Casey to the Golden State Warriors the Warriors can be down the Chiefs can be down the game can be close and then all of a sudden in a blink in an instant the game becomes a blowout because Patrick Mahomes is able to hit some deep shots downfield, make some crazy plays with his arm, dropping down to different arm angles or with his legs. Steph Curry with the Warriors can just pop in a couple of threes and then Klay Thompson gets going as well. And that game turned into a blowout very, very quickly. But I said a little bit earlier, when you're going up against the Chiefs, you have to capitalize on red zone opportunities. Niners weren't able to do that. And they also just got big play time and time again. Their number one cornerback, Charvarius Ward, was suffering from a hamstring injury. And 
Juju Smith-Schuster, Mikael Hardman, Travis Kelsey were just going off. And this is a Niners defense that up until two weeks ago, I thought was the best in the NFL. They haven't been able to stop the run. They've gotten gashed in the past game as well. But really what this game came down to, when Kyle Shanahan gets outside of the script, when he has to make adjustments, that's when I've seen this Niners offense really struggle. And then I thought that Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, and that Chiefs coaching staff completely outclassed, outmaneuvered, and outcoached Kyle Shanahan as well as D'Amico Ryans. As that game progressed, the Chiefs were able to get creative and make adjustments. The Niners failed to do that, and you saw the Chiefs run away with that football game. Also, completely different classes of quarterbacks from Patrick Mahomes to Jimmy G. That was obviously evident, and Jimmy G is just not a quality quarterback when he has to come back in a football game, and that's why you saw him pressing and making those mistakes. Yeah, Jimmy G's the guy you want with the lead, the run game working, getting the ball to D, uh, Samuel in, in space, uh, getting the ball to Kittle, which I don't think they're doing nearly enough uh, just watching the games that I've seen. Uh, look, Compare Kittle to Kelsey. Obviously, you can compare the quarterbacks and this, the quality, but you can also de- – uh, the scheme alone, uh, Kelsey, you see him on a lot of crossing routes, under routes. Kittle, you're seeing him more vertically uh, – yep in the teeth of the defense and Jimmy G is just not dissecting the coverage in my opinion, well enough. Um, when, when you have Mahomes and you got Kelsey's big body running across the formation, it's easy to throw that ball out there and, and get him the ball. You get him more catches. I mean, he had three, tu- four touchdowns uh, on that game for 25 yards for God's sakes uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so that tells you we're not looking to get, get Kelsey the ball deep. We're looking to get him the ball often. And yeah. that's what you have to do with Kittle because Kittle can make that, 10-yard catch, a 30-yard catch, because I think Kittle is a top three tight end athletically. But I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to get the Niner film and do what you asked. I'm going to break that down. Maybe me and you can do it Yeah, on a show live one day. Uh, Dak returns. Your thoughts. Uh, before you give them to me, I'm going to tell you, I thought it was the same exact team with him uh, the other day with Cooper Rush. I don't think anything was a spectacular. I thought he actually missed four throws, uh, very, very bad throws that could have been big-time game changers. They scored 24 points, really 13 with him on offense. Their defense actually stymied a horrible Detroit Lions team, and Detroit Lions defense is the bottom of the NFL, and you only scored 24 points on that team. I mean, a defensive coordinator calling plays in New England actually scored 39 on the same team. So if you put that in perspective, uh, Dak was not an upgrade to me. I think he's going to lose some games here shortly. Uh, What's your thoughts on Dak's return? And uh, is Cooper Rush going to be trending before the season's over? Man, it's pretty fascinating, right? And look, we called the Christian McCaffrey trade to the Niners last week. You and I are also in agreement that the Cowboys should call games offensively for Dak like they do with Cooper Rush. Rely on one of the more ferocious defenses in the NFL. Rely on that ground game. You have a really good offensive line that, even though they lost a couple of studs in free agency this past offseason, they picked up the slack, and they've actually exceeded expectations, in my opinion. But because they're paying Dak Prescott such a large contract, and because he wants to be considered one of the top five, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL, I think they just rely on him a little bit too heavily to push the ball downfield, and I don't think that's his strength when he was playing his best football and when the Cowboys were winning games when he first came into the league 
they played a lot offensively like they did with Cooper Rush. Obviously, Dak is the more skilled quarterback than Cooper Rush, right? But when you ask him to do too much and air it out 30, 40, 50 times per game, you're just going away from his strengths as a quarterback. And I think that's what you saw. He doesn't have the strongest arm. Mobility is pretty solid, but he kind of lives in that 5, 10, 15-yard range downfield. He's not one of these stupid athletes who has that bazooka like the aforementioned Patrick Mahomes. So I want to see the Cowboys kind of call the game for Dak like they do for Cooper Rush. Instead, I thought they just relied too heavily on his aerial attack. Let me ask you this, though. Is there something in your brain that tells you, like it does me as a former player and coach, I don't think he's going to do what is being asked of him to do? I don't think you can call the same offense for the simple fact that he won't run it. I don't think that Kellen Moore is calling a different offense. I think Dak Prescott improvises and puts his team in harm's way within the same framework that Cooper Rush just did it for five weeks and went four and one, five and one overall. I, I don't think Dak will do it. I think Dak wants to be this guy who's getting paid $150 million who wants to improvise, use his feet. And as you know, as I know, Chase, availability is the number one uh, key element in quarterback play. It's like your resume. Like, you have to be available. And availability is the best ability. You know that saying. Like, dog, he, he to me, he just is going to put his team at risk. And it's like, why can't you do the same thing? I don't believe they have a completely different playbook for Dak Prescott than they do Cooper Rush. I think Cooper Rush gets rid of the football. He lives to play another down, which is the key uh, for a quarterback to be successful. And I think for the Cowboys to be conducive in their approach here and have some success in the playoffs, which they have yet to have under Dak Prescott, um, they're going to they're gonna continue to see the same thing. And you, as you know, as I know, man, the definition of insanity is doing the same shit over and over and expect a different result. When do they get rid of Dak Prescott for good? And is he a guy that's just going to bury the franchise because they paid him so much? Yeah, I mean, that goes back to the original point that I made. And look, I don't know if it's on Mike McCarthy. I don't know if it's on Kellen Moore. I don't know if it's on Dak Prescott. But this is what I do know is that the offense is a little bit different and more reliant on the pass game with Dak as compared to Cooper Rush. Now, like I said, Dak Prescott wants to be seen as one of these top five, top 10 quarterbacks. And because of that, he knows that to be in that elite class, he has to be able to thrive, flourish and succeed in the pass game. And I think they're just way too reliant on his arm. And that goes away from his strengths. I just want to see more complimentary football from Dallas. But look, when it comes down to it, this is also what it is about Dak Prescott. When he has to play against good quality teams, when he has to play against elite teams, look no further than his record. Look no further than what he does when it's crunch time in December and January. He doesn't play well against teams with a winning record. And I kind of liken him, honestly, to a little bit of a Kirk Cousins-esque type of quarterback who really fails to reach expectations and rise up to the occasion when the pressure cooker is on. And it's interesting because Cousins got the money, everyone bitch and moan, you paid Dak, and now to me, you got Minnesota sitting on top of the north, you got Dallas in this what, what are they element, we don't know yet really. Uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, Tua's return. Um I don't know what more what I want to hear from you more about his return, how his performance was, or his head 
slides head first uh, slides into the safety. Uh, I was on Jason Whitlock Monday, and we got into a debate about this. I, you know, it wasn't for the touchdown to win the Super Bowl. It wasn't on the goal line. This was in the first two series of the football game, middle of the field. He's going heads up. And I played the position, Chase. I get it. You want to get that first bang out the way. But not after you got fucking two concussions and damn near die. Yeah. So, like, what is your take on Tua coming back? Uh, what is your take on uh, they're undefeated with him? They haven't won without him. He's a fragile commodity, in my opinion. But he's a, he's a commodity, to say the least, who wins football games for your franchise. I would keep his butt in the pocket, throw it away, do similar things they did with Cooper Rush in Dallas. Play smart. Uh, he's his own worst enemy right now. Yeah, he is. And it is pretty interesting that, like, he really does win a lot. If you look at his career record, he's 17-9. and nine, So they do win a lot of football games with him. When he's on the field, I don't really think he's that much of a special talent. He's right. kind of slow. He's kind of small. Doesn't have a strong arm. Jimmy does- G.S., huh? Jimmy G.S.? Yeah, honestly, like that's not terrible. Um, and durability concerns with both of those quarterbacks, right? But with Tua, look, they're 4 0 this year. And I know you're not a huge Mike McDaniel guy. You think he's somewhat weird, but he is coming from that Kyle Shanahan tree. And I am a big fan of that offense because I think it helps you win ugly. You can win in a shootout. You can win by running it. You can win by throwing it. I do think that's conducive to long-term success in January and February. But with Tua, specifically with that game the other night, I thought he was a little bit too reckless, honestly. Like, I want to see him try to conserve his body a little bit more. And I understand you're trying to send a message to the other team. You're trying to send a message to your teammates that I'm a dog. I'm tough. I'm here. I'm a real one. But at some point, you have to kind of check yourself, right? And understand, look, without me, this team is probably screwed because Skylar Thompson ain't it. Teddy Bridgewater is what he is. For the Miami Dolphins to have success, Tua needs to be on the field. So for him to try to barrel up linebackers, JB, what are you doing, man? You got to look at the long-term view here and the macro perspective and you got to stay on the field for this team to be successful because obviously with the way that they've spent money, they're trying to win right now in an AFC East outside of Buffalo that's pretty wide open. You have an opportunity to end that playoff drought and get into the big dance. You're playing, uh, you're throwing at Jalen Waddle. You have Tyreek Hill. I really like Mike Gusecki as a weapon. That ground game has been trash, but Tua, like, you got to save yourself, man. There's a difference between trying to impress other people and also playing a tough brand of football. If you're trying to level up and truck stick, like Madden linebackers out there, you're not going to last long in this league. And we've seen it time and time again. I thought he's too reckless. I, I think Moser, uh, is that his name? Moster, Raheem Moster. Yeah. Moster, uh, I believe he's uh, he's the key man to that team too. As long as he, he was great in Frisco, I thought he, he, he can really get inside the tackles. He can go. He can put his foot in the ground. I think they need to run him the more. I think he yeah. was key. I know he caught a ball for a touchdown, but uh, I think he can go. I don't know if they have the greatest – run game scheme um but you know at the end of the day they've got to help him out some they got to help two out stay healthy uh the jets lost uh Brees hall uh they gained robinson uh do they lose their luster so to speak as far as the hype are they going to uh hit a wall here now Brees hall was rookie of the year no question about it in my opinion i think he's been balling out i think he's been the heartbeat of that team so far uh with 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 sauce gardner and, and that d line play 
Um, the Jets, though, are, are looking good. Um, is Robinson going to get some uh, some meaningful touches now, and can he be a suspicious back uh, for a team that uh, has to run the football? Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about that running back position, right? Like, Brees Hall was balling. I really liked him coming out of the draft. I thought he was one of, if not the best, backs in that draft class. But with running backs, if you find a solid one, like, you're going to be able to keep your head above water. You're going to be able to stay afloat, especially with how they kind of run that offense. Also, that's a team that does rely on that defense. So, I do like Robinson. He's a solid player. I think that was more of the Jags trying to get some value back because they really want to play Travis Ethan and a little bit more he didn't play at all last year because of that foot injury in his rookie year but obviously at Clemson he was a dual threat back who could kind of hurt you in the pass game and the run game as well so I do like the acquisition of Robinson honestly the biggest loss for the Jets was Elijah Vera Tucker along that offensive line and then earlier this year prior to the year they lost Makai Becton so they've already lost a couple of really solid young players along that offensive line and outside of quarterback I think you have to get offensive line right and edge rusher right in this league to have long-term success, so I'm a little bit worried there. The Jets are a pretty fascinating case study because if you look at Zach Wilson's numbers this year, he hasn't impressed, he hasn't put up numbers. They've been very reliant on that really good defense, ground and pound. I think Robert Sala has done a pretty good job, but I, I do think the Jets are solid. I'm not taking them seriously as a playoff team that's going to make a deep run. They might be able to sneak in there, which is great for that franchise because they've been abysmal for a long time, and for New York football fans, it's honestly pretty cool to see the Jets and the Giants playing well right now. I just think it adds to the product of the National Football League, but I do think the Jets are going to cool off just a bit. Credit to them for this rebuilding process. Their general manager, Joe Douglas, worked under Howie Roseman before that. Uh, he was in Baltimore. He has a very good eye for talent, and they have been able to stack up a lot of good players. It's not the Jets' year this year, but if they go, let's say, if they win like nine games, I think that's a pretty solid year for the Jets as they continue to try to further that rebuilding process. No, I agree. Uh, I like what they're doing. Um, I do like what they're doing, man. They're, they're, they're actually doing some some good things. Um, I wanted to uh, – <clears throat> I got you for about 10 minutes. So is that good? Yeah, yeah. I'm good to hang out for a bit, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to get to a few questions, <clears throat> and then I want to show some film. I got some Jalen Hurts. I got to get it. I got it. Oh, let's get it. Let's get it. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Giants win again. Um, if you are an Eagles or a Cowboys fan, uh, you cover the Eagles and, and you know more about the Eagles than most. Um, are you worried at all or is this the Pittsburgh Steelers team from a few years ago that went 11-0? What is your main concern other than Daniel Jones being the guy that you think can really win you a game? Uh, to me, it's Saquon Barkley's injury prone. If he goes down, I think they go down. Um, are the Giants real? Um, are they real in terms of a Super Bowl contender? No. Are they real in terms of a playoff team? Yes. They've also had a very, very easy schedule and they'll continue to have an easy schedule for the next several weeks. There is a realistic scenario in which the New York football giants start this season eight and one because their schedule uh, allows them to kind of ease in here and have a couple of easy games coming up. But let's look at this from a coaching standpoint, right? Brian Dable is the coach of the year, in my opinion. You see how bad and atrocious they were. They were an absolute fucking joke with Joe Judge last year. And they have about the same level of talent. They didn't do anything yeah. in NFL free agency. So Brian Dable, who came up under Saban, came up under Belichick, 
has been able to quickly establish a culture and just maximize his players. And what I love about Brian Dable, he's a real one, but also he doesn't try to be Bill Belichick. And there's a big difference because Joe Judge did try to be Bill Belichick and insert his will, so to speak, in that locker room. Brian Dable is more of like, the coaching mastermind who lets guys be themselves. And I think you've seen that with some of the players on the roster who feel as though they just have a weight lifted off their shoulders and they don't have this guy in Joe Judge who's trying to micromanage everything that they do. Also, the fact that he's chopping it up with Giants fans after the game smoking a stogie is great. Like That goes to show the personality that he has with his football team, but also just who he is as a guy. But from a schematic standpoint, they put Daniel Jones in a position to succeed. And then Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, has done a really good job with Dable, play design, relying on Saquon Barkley, and just playing into the strengths of Daniel Jones to have that offense humming. I think Mike Kafka, who played for Andy Reid back in the day, coached under Andy Reid, is going to be one of the hotter head coaching candidates in this cycle coming up. Um and I, I kind of just like how they're playing right now. A clean brand of football. What's crazy is that Daniel Jones is is like tops among quarterbacks in rushing yards, but they've eliminated the inopportune turnovers that kind of just was the biggest downfall for him in the years prior. And I think a lot of that comes down to coaching. And he's done this playing well in the past game with all of their wide receivers hurt. So this really is just a coaching um, clinic that's being put on by the New York Giants, the talent gap between the Giants and the Eagles, it's not even close. Like the Philadelphia Eagles are far superior. They have so many more blue chip players, but when they meet up, it's contrasting styles. And I think that's a game where if the Eagles mess around and turn the football over a couple of times, like the Giants can sneak away with the win, but the coaching clinic that we've seen from Dable as well as Mike Kafka has been very, very impressive. And I think Dable's the runaway coach of the year right now. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I would have to say he's, he's, he's far and away the best. I think Sala would be in the mix. Uh, yep. uh, if they could continue. Pete, Pete Carroll, honestly, too. Pete Carroll's done a hell of a job. And so is Vrabel now on the late yep. last few games. Bra Four Vrabel wins in a row. Back, done well. Um, let me get your uh, thoughts. Uh, Justin Fields gets a win in New England. Uh, Belichick has is is a kind of struggle against running quarterbacks. Let's be yeah. honest with athletic quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson iced them this year. Uh, Justin iced them. Lamar Jackson iced them last year. Um, Justin still didn't do anything that was just mind blowing. That's like, oh fuck, this guy's a legitimate NFL quarterback. I'm still where I am with him. Uh, after that game, though, they pull Mac Jones, obviously. Uh, Zappy comes in, leads instantaneous offense, two touchdowns right out the gate. Uh, they score. Zappy or Jones going forward? What's going to happen there? Because then Zappy hits reality check and throws two picks. He looks horrible. The offense looks bad, stagnant. Um, Matt Matricia, people are going to question this forever. What's going on there? I don't know. Zappy or Jones, it seems, it seems like you got a problem in New England right now. I think they're going to go with Zappy just because he's played better. And when they hired Matt Patricia, named him the offensive coordinator, like Mac Jones kind of let it be known within that locker room that he wasn't really happy about it. And you know that that just rubs Bill Belichick the wrong way. I think it's going to be Zappy. I, I just think he has a more of a firm grasp of the offense. And Belichick is going to go with a hot hand because he's trying to make it into the playoffs and make another run because he knows once he gets there, he has an opportunity to maybe pull off an upset and go on some type of magical ride. So I think it's going to be Zappy there. As for Justin Fields in Chicago, this dude does have freaky athletic traits. 
And what the Bears were doing early in the year, I thought too much they wanted him to win from the pocket. That's not his strength. So Luke Getze is their offensive coordinator. He came over to the Bears from the Green Bay Packers. By the way, he's been a much better hire from the Packers as compared to Nathaniel Hackett, who I think is already on the hot seat, especially if they lose this week in London. But they're getting Justin Fields out in the run. When the play breaks down, he is able to hurt you with his legs. Bill Belichick has now gone down to two rookie head coaches this year, and Matt Eberflus, as well as Mike McDaniel, that never happened when he was in his prime. But for Fields, like he does have good arm talent. He can make plays downfield. He has that spin-away move in the pocket and this innate ability to kind of sense when pass rushers are around him, which Tony Romo, I thought, kind of really brought to light back in the day where you're just kind of dropping back and you just spin out and then you can kind of extend the play and make a play downfield. He did that to the tight end where he rolled out to the left, made a really nice throw to the left sideline. And like those types of plays is where Justin Fields can be successful. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to go through his progressions, read the field, and go from number to number to the hash and, and, and make reads like that. But again, like you know it as a coach, JB, you just have to tap into your player's strengths. And I don't think that nowadays in the NFL, especially at that quarterback position with young guys, coaching staffs are doing enough of that. They're so insistent on trying to run their offense. But you have to make alterations to your offense if it ain't working with that quarterback and more so try to maximize their abilities. That's why I was so complimentary of Brian Dable. Man, we, we like I don't get enough time with you every week. It seems like we need to do three shows. But let me ask you this. Matty Ice, uh, very, very uh, historical move, to be honest. 25 mil still owed to him. They bench him. Uh, whether you want to say it's injury, hurt, whatever, bottom line is I'm hearing Ursi's told the GM to tell Reich, hey, man, Reich, you're on the hot seat. You better make a move, and it better be a splash move. And that is what I'm hearing. Uh, they pull Matt Ryan. Um Goes for 400 yards two weeks ago, wins the game. They've been spotty at best. Uh, to say it mildly, they've been spotty, hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss. Uh, what do you think about that move before we show some Jalen Hurts? Yeah, pretty interesting. I mean, when you watch Matt Ryan, there's no doubt that he has lost a lot of velocity on his arm strength. His arm looks to be cooked. Nine interceptions this year. That's worse than the NFL. 24 sacks. That's tied for worst. Now, a lot of that is trying to master a new offense, but he also holds on to the ball forever and just pats that piece. And then 11 fumbles. That's worse than the NFL as well. Really struggles to throw the ball downfield, but also, look, I'm, I, I'm a proponent. Like, look, you don't have to have a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen arm. But you do have to be able to make throws out toward the sideline. And he was struggling even with things like that. I do think that Jim Ursay is kind of this owner who's a micromanager and becomes way too obsessed with things that don't necessarily matter. Like, look, it's not ideal to lose Andrew Luck to retirement. But with Frank Reich, like, I thought he got the best out of a cooked Phillip Rivers last year I actually thought Carson Wentz played well if Carson Wentz is still on that team I think the Colts are in a better spot they try to make this big swing for Matt Ryan after Jim Ursay had bad talk Carson Wentz and I think a lot of this is just the owner with too much pressure I actually think Frank Reich is a pretty solid coach with the quarterback development that we've seen taking place but Sam Ellinger look it's it's kind of weird that they're going with him I think he's somewhat of a limited quarterback he's a very good athlete though and I think it's going to help out Jonathan Taylor because he hasn't gotten going this year partially because of Matt Ryan being back there but also uh be because Jonathan Taylor has been hurt but I do think Ellinger now being the quarterback for the Colts will kind of help that ground game a little bit more and they're going to have to rely on it more because I don't believe that Sam Ellinger is an elite passer by any means 
Me either. Uh, are, are people going to start questioning Frank Reich? Uh, last last year, Wentz looked atrocious, in my opinion. Uh, this year, Ryan looks atrocious. You made two moves. You've had eight quarterbacks since 2018 in, as a franchise. I, I, I take the blame away when it's in a professional business setting. The NFL is exactly that. And uh, the CEO, the owner, Ursay, when you're that guy, Chase, you can't look up and you can't look down. You can only look in the fucking mirror, in my opinion. And the blame game is is cooked. You can't blame game no more. Like, this is who you hired. This is the people that you've put together, your franchise. You've had your own issues in life, my friend. And for you to keep calling out certain people in the, in the profession, like Daniel Snyder and these others, who we don't know anything about, um, starting to look like he's the problem more than Frank Reich. But... What do I know? Yeah, uh, what's interesting, too, is I actually did think that Carson Wentz played solid football up until the final month, and then he just pissed down his leg and shit the bed. Um, I do think Reich does a decent job of maximizing somewhat limited quarterbacks. He was the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl, when Wentz was going to be the MVP, and then Nick Foles came in. He does deserve a lot of credit for that. But look, it's a win-now business. And Jim Irsay sees that the Indianapolis Colts didn't make the playoffs last year. They went into the final week of the season with an opportunity to beat the Jags and get in, and they just play bad football year in, year out in Jacksonville. I also think this is pretty interesting, and this just came to mind. Jim Irsay is also looking at this coach right now in Frank Reich, and he's like, shoot, we had Nick Sirianni here. Eagles are undefeated. We had Matt Eberflus here. He's now with the Bears, and that defense has made an immediate turnaround. Did we let the wrong coaches go? And maybe do I have to go after one of those young coaches like a Nick Sirianni to try to get this franchise back on track? It's going to be interesting. Um, curious to see how this will unfold. Um, got some film here. All right. All right uh, let's do it. I haven't even broke this stuff down yet. I got so much of it, man. It's going to be like, I'm just figuring out what's kind of how I'm going to take this into the show. But uh, this is number one problem I have with, with the young quarterback. And I'm not just picking on Hurts here or the, or the Eagles. Uh, you're going to see here, you're going to see this uh, play pass look. It's not an RPO. This is actual ride and glide play action. But I want you to see the pocket kind of collapse here because after the ride fake, the quarterback's today's game uh, not only are we taking our eyes off the defense, we are taking a much too long and deep of a drop. And what I mean is you're going to see right there he should stop. Right there yeah. he should stop. And now start to climb the pocket and sit right here. As We're seeing this too often now in quarterback play. See how far, how deep he gets? He takes way we're, – we're 10 yards deep, Chase, in a, in a drop. And now it allows you to be pinned in out here. And instead of you got, you can climb right there. It's clear as day. I see it every day. I break this film down and I don't understand what we're doing in the quarterback play. And as you see this, now he's got to try to escape and then it's a throw the ball, throw it away. Uh, I just don't think it's very conducive for quarterback play, but that is my one worry chase. Um, I'll go to another play. My, my one worry moving forward with this Eagles team, because I believe they also have played a weak schedule, just like the Giants have. And I don't believe the Cowboys have played a great one. Uh, the Rams are down. We thought they would be better than they are. Um, Bucks were, were good week one, but they've shit the bed. So I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys have a great schedule either. Do you have any concerns that this quarterback doesn't throw enough touchdowns? Because at the end of the day, dog, you got to throw touchdowns to the quarterback. And he, his ratio is not great. 
No, last year he only threw 16 touchdowns to nine interceptions. That's also a pretty interesting play that you point out there because he's already five yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then you're seeing a five-step drop on the previous play that you were showing after you're in the shotgun. Here's also something to watch for for Jalen Hurts. When he gets pressured, and you're right, he has opportunity on that previous play to step up in the pocket. He always bolts right when he gets pressured. He always goes to his arm side. So I think defenses are going to try to start to plan more to try to contain him by loading up that left side of the line of scrimmage to force him away from his throwing arm. I love these types of plays that the Eagles run. This is something that the 49ers do not do enough of. You have a limited quarterback in Jimmy G. If you just throw this pop pass to the tight end, you get your blockers out in space, and the 49ers thrive and flourish when they have blockers out in space. Yet they don't run screen plays, especially last week against the Chiefs when they were just loading the box and blitzing Jimmy Garoppolo. So I like how they give Hurts easy throws to make, but look, He's improved drastically, JB, every year that he's been in the league. I mean, year one, 52% completion percentage. Last year, 61.3. And this year, it's at nearly 67. So I think the coaching staff and he as an individual, they've done a great job of developing him as a thrower. But yes, you're right. When it gets down to December, when it gets into January, teams are going to try to take away that RPO game. They're going to force Jalen Hurts to beat them from the pocket, and he has to prove when the game gets tight that he's going to be able to do that. Now, I do think an underrated element of Hurts, he throws a really good deep ball, very good touch and accuracy, kind of throws that moon ball kind of like Russell Wilson. So even if he's really not clicking in that air game, that's one type of play or a throw that he can make to try to ease some pressure off of him and get that Eagles offense moving. But also, I, I just think the supporting cast is really good, and that's helping out Hurts a lot. A.J. Brown is the closest thing to Terrell Owens that I've seen in the Eagles uniform in a long time. Goddard is an underrated tight end. Devontae Smith is just a great route runner, and that offensive line is awesome with a good ground game, too. So we've watched three plays. He's thrown three of these. Yep. That is why he's 67%, bro. I'm just throwing it out there. But but like I said, like if you watch some of the games too, he does throw a solid deep ball downfield. Now, you're right. Elite quarterbacks are able to live in between the numbers and then you know not just have to rely on some of these quick hitters to the outside. But look, this is good coaching here, JB. You're getting the football in the hands of your best weapons. You're getting your offensive linemen out in space. You're getting blockers downfield. Look at that block from Pascal. Look at the block from Devontae Smith. They're coaching this stuff up downfield. And this is why the Eagles have been successful. This is a great coaching job by Nick Sirianni this year. And he's impressed a lot of people in the past year and a half, I think. Yeah. Now, I don't mind the offense. This is my point, though. Like, I am with being smart as the coach. Let's put our players in the best position to succeed. That is the number one job for the quarterback, for the head coach. The thing I'm saying is, though, I'm seeing this throughout the league, and some can do it, some can't. Some get egotistical. Dak Prescott, i.e., Dak Prescott. He, he, he this offense right here is called for him. He wants to add, you know, ad lib and make a make a you know chicken shit out of chicken salad, and he can't do it. And I think that. Hurts, if you've noticed, has yet to address anything in the box. Yeah. He won't go up here. He won't ID the mic. He's not plus one in this saying, okay, alert, alert. We're not doing anything. He's getting the call in the helmet and running it. And you can see it, and that's why we're making so many quick throws. That's why we're seeing so many different uh, elements like this happen. This is a predetermined throw based on leverage 
we're gonna take the we're gonna take this tight end and we're gonna clear him out so we can now pick on one guy, which we call the duck. And this right action fake's gonna hold this safety, and we're gonna get that done. This is high percentage football. This is what I like with Sirianni and the offensive coordinator, what they're doing there, because it gives Jalen Hurts outs. It gives them outs on out of trouble, meaning not out route, meaning get him out of issues, getting out of trouble, getting him out of pressure, getting him out of long downs and distances, Chase, which is crucial for this team in particular with when you have a running attack like they do. And I think the running back for them is is actually uh, Miles Sanders or whatever his name is, is actually having a great year. So I think you want to be smart on early downs, stay out of long downs and distances, and put this guy in this in a situation that is conducive. But you see, for the most part, um, his his concepts are very very one sided. Let's pick on a duck, one side read. We're not going to scan the field, throw it to the teeth of the defense. We're going to stay out of the middle. We're going to take shots on the perimeter. We're going to throw quick screens, quick outs, now screens, and I see his percentage going up. You still got to throw the ball and complete it. So I'm yeah. not going to say he's shitty. I'm just saying. You know, uh, I, I love hearing the naysayers when they're when they're comparing them already to 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 all these big time guys. I'm like, come on, man! I just want to show you some things now. He's he's throwing good balls, but they're not fucking dig routes in the co- teeth of the coverage. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not Tom Brady esque where he's able to identify the mic or the defensive personnel, check at the line of scrimmage, make an audible. He has made some decent throws. If you go back to that Vikings game, he was fitting some tight window balls in between the numbers, which is good. But like what I what I want to see and what I wanted to see from Hertz was just growth as a passer, was more accuracy, was him just playing better as a thrower and not just relying on his legs. And like, yes, I understand that a lot of these completions are easy, but there are quarterbacks in the NFL who still aren't making these throws. And previous to this year in 2022, he wasn't making some of these throws. And now he is. And look, with Josh Allen, like he comes into the NFL 52% completion percentage guy year one. And then in year three, goes up to almost 70 So that's, I'm not saying that the Jalen Hurts growth has been like Josh Allen, but at least he's taken some strides as a passer, which needs to happen. Now, he's, you know, he's a second round pick and the Eagles are going to have an opportunity to pay this guy if they want to. Do I want Jalen Hurts making $40 million? No, because a part of the reason why the Eagles are so good is the personnel around him. That's where you enter a very precarious and sketchy territory, but for this year alone, him on his rookie contract, JB, he's making a million dollars this year, and he's playing like this. So it's one of the more value deals, better value deals in the NFL. I agree. Uh, so far, you've seen four now screens and three one-on-one isolation routes where you pick on the corner. And we're in the red zone, Chase, and why is he in the end zone? I have no idea. Why are we so fucking far off? I have no idea. Why are we so far off? I have no idea. This is like still in candy. Um, and, and in the NFL, I'm very shocked at reading some and looking at some of these coaching jobs because, see, this guy should have rerouted him. This guy right here has no responsibility because the back's coming out late. He should be under this right here. Yeah. And then rally to the flat. See, we're not doing a lot of, we're not, it's not, football's bad right now, man. I, I'm going to be honest, just as far as every aspect of football is very, very bad right now. And you can tell Jalen Hurts' eyes never, ever leave 
this Brown right here. He doesn't. They don't. He don't leave AJ Brown right here. Yeah, he's on he him all the time. Solely reading that backer, making sure he don't get underneath that. And see, right now, I mean, this is a good ball. He throws it on time. It, it, it completes it. You can't. You can't say nothing bad about it. Um, but if this defense was more sound and he got underneath that, now I want to see what Jalen Hurts does. That's where I want to see his progression happen because that's what's going to happen in the playoffs, Chase. Or when he plays a good defensive team, um, for instance, like the Niners in the playoffs possibility or yep, yep. a Buccaneers defense or someone like that. So that's kind of why. Um, but I like his eyes here from the end zone copy. At least he, he he's holding for a, for a second. You know, quarterbacks have peripheral vision. He's holding him. He, he's not going to make a play on it. This is the guy. Right. But I think Jalen can see him through his peripheral, which we teach our quarterback. So he knows he's not underneath that. The corner's off pre-snap. We throw the out route. So, I mean, he's. I can see that he's going through things, and I, I can see that um, he's getting things done. And, and I'm not going to – I, I, like I said, I think he's playing the top five quarterback in the NFL right now. How about because- this rugby scrum here? This is, this is fascinating stuff right here. Oh, man. I, now, see, that's the thing I, I don't want to do with him, though. Yeah. I mean, because after him, who's your backup? Gardner Minshew. So, I mean, this right here. I mean, this is just a... I hate this. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you're, you, this, just imagine he goes down this, this Eagles t- season's over. If, if Josh Allen goes down in Buffalo, their season's over. I mean, this is straight up college, high school shit right here. Yeah. Like, let's stay away from that for a guy... That is leading our team to be the only undefeated one in football. Right. So I don't know, man. I, you know, this is just where I'm at with it. I, I haven't watched Eagles film. I'm going to start watching these games and start breaking down cut-ups so we can actually watch cut-ups of certain plays. If you want to see run plays, we can pull them up. If you want to see RPOs, we can pull them up. I'll have all that shit cut up here in the next week or two. So when we start having our session, see right here, this is a knee blowout waiting to happen on w- without contact. He loves that outcut too to try to fake inside. He does that a lot. I mean, I mean, man, this is dangerous business, man. And 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 I say business because this is exactly what it is. And we're paying these dudes crazy amounts of money. And I just don't see how they continue to pay these guys this money and they're unavailable. And that's yes. a fucking dangerous play right there waiting to happen, man. Even if he goes inside, 44 is right there, too. And, you know, and I just don't. Why are we putting that on him? I, I just don't understand that. Like, I, that's what I don't get. It's, it's, it's happening more and more in the NFL. Um, you know, it, there he goes it, right it, again. He goes right every time. I mean, like, see, this is a backer. See, this is why I, I talk about ID in the box because right now we got an alert player here. And I, this is the problem. Like, I want to make sure that this guy is an alert player in blue. And right now, he should be calmed down and slowing it down and say, all right, listen, man, this is the box, and now we got a plus one. We call him a plus one, the protection. So now the back recognizes nothing. He is the hot read here. The back knows he's hot, Chase. This is where quarterback one-on-one comes into play. Now, this is why the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, and all these guys have success. This is why the guys that make no checks at the line of scrimmage have no success when it gets down to the meat and potatoes of the season. And if Jalen Hurts just understood coverage here, and we have one and two, we have two receivers. They, We know they're in man. This is the plus one. 
Yeah. Nobody has the back, Chase. So yeah. this is a hot throw right here. We don't need to escape to the right. We need to understand how to beat blitzes and coverage and throw the ball to the uncovered guy. And you got and you and you live to fight a longer season, a longer life. Yeah. And the NFL, if you just understand coverage, understand where it's coming from. And I just don't know these young quarterbacks in the NFL, man. I think number one, Chase, we talked about last week, we're throwing them to the wolves too early. Number two, I don't believe we're we're coaching them up anywhere near where they need to be. And I would be fucking livid right now if I missed this in the NFL. Right. Because I know that's my plus one. I know the coverage shell. I know what I'm looking for. And escaping running 20 yards and then throwing an incomplete isn't conducive to winning Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he hits Sanders, he doesn't even look Sanders' way if you if you run that back, too. And like, he doesn't even look to the left. And honestly, if he hits Sanders there in the flat, like that could be a house call at the very least 30 to 50 yards. <laughs> hey, and Chase, that's what I'm saying. This is a simple thing for quarterback play right here. This is a... This is a understanding of we have a six-man pass protection unless I know my back's hot. If my back is hot and he's to the left, I have five-man protection. We only have one, two, three, four, five guys because that's my quarterback's hot guy if I know he's hot. It's not that hard. We got five to block five, and six is hot. Here's my six. If he comes, I'm replacing you. If he stays... Then I go through my route progression. And I just don't understand why this is such so badly missed week in and week out by all the quarterbacks. It ain't just Jalen Hurts. It's all the quarterbacks that I'm going to break down in the next few weeks, Chase, and, and, and it's going to be good breaking it down with you. But you get to see shit now that you can be like, man, this is simple things that we could actually even be a better football team. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, so, and, and these are – these are like the nuances that hurts. He needs to take that next step. And, you know, when you miss these types of things, you know, defenses are going to start to identify this and they're going to throw more of these like multiple looks at him to send the delayed blitzer like 56 on that last play. Yeah. And that's the thing about it too, uh, Chase, like people don't realize that delayed blitzer is a box player. So we already accounted for him at the line of scrimmage as the quarterback. So before the play even starts, you always see the Aaron Rodgers, the Brady's, and those guys go in there and say, hey, listen, uh, Kelsey, you got 55. That means I have 56 on that last play. So I'm responsible for 56. You have 55. So now we are all on the same page. If 56 comes, guess what, Miles Sanders? You're the hot guy. You get the ball. If he don't come, you stay in and protect, and I'll go through my read progression. And I just don't know if we're doing that as, as in total, man. So uh, it's good to break down some film with you, though, man. Oh, it's great, man. I mean, your insight there is fantastic. Like, I'm I'm learning. So, too, is the audience in the span of just a few minutes there. That's good shit. Nah, it's a game changer for your YouTube channel, too, by the way. Yeah, man. I just got to figure out what I'm going to do, man. So, you know, how I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to take away from the show show and then just do coaching only football plays. So I'm going to. I'm going to figure it out. I might have to do like maybe an afternoon session where we just launch it live after the fact um, or something like that. But I'm also going to pull in coaches. I'm pulling in some D1 NFL guys. I'm going to start pulling into there while we break it down. Um, so we're going to figure out when we're going to do that and all that shit. So, yeah, um, you know, but as usual, man, who you, who you got tomorrow? Uh, what's what is it? Baltimore. Baltimore. 
Bucks Ravens. Bucks Ravens. Um, shoot, man, this is this is bad territory for Tampa Bay. They need to win, and the Ravens have either won games that they should have lost because they've surrendered leads, or they've lost games that they should have won. So, ah, man, I I guess I'll go with the goat, but they're not playing good football right now. Um, so I'll, I'll go with the Bucks, but I don't have a lot of confidence in saying that. Hey, I, I, I'm gonna be honest. Um. I, I would bet the house on the Bucks tomorrow. I have to because they have to. You, like I, I, I'm also going to bet the house on the Packers, uh, Chase, because w- if they don't win this week, either one of these teams, when do they? Because it's yeah. over. Like yeah. the, the Packers have to win um, Sunday against the Bills, Sunday night primetime game, I believe. And then the Bucks have to win tomorrow or their seasons, in essence, are over. And – they have Atlanta in there hanging in there tied for the division lead. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, it's going to be interesting. The chat is blowing up. We're going to have to do a film room beer shotgun show, and I think that shit might be the new viral thing on the internet. Hey, how about next week we get a $20 super chat for, from uh, from the show? Somebody in the audience, I'll shotgun a beer for the people during a film review. If we get a $20 super chat, let's go. All right, let's do it. Um, hey. Hell yeah, let's do it. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but we're going to do it. Hey, one more thing before I dip. If the Bucks and the Packers continue to struggle, keep an eye out for Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady to the Niners. Okay, keep so an eye out to that. Okay, so that was a chat discussion I talked about yesterday. I talked about Aaron Rodgers possibly going to the the, the Niners. I I have said it for two years. I think Rodgers is one is going to finish his career at home. He's from the Bay Area, um, and. I would still consider the Raiders at home for him, even though they're in Vegas. I think he can end up in Vegas or in Frisco. Yep, that's what I think. Look, Aaron Rodgers is from Northern California. There was buzz that the Niners wanted him prior to last year. And then before Brady went to the Bucks after he left New England, he wanted to go to the Niners. And they have a bunch of skill position players and a really good coach, in my opinion, in Shanahan, who can kind of put that quarterback in a position to succeed. Look, if, if they have success with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, they can have a lot of success with Tom Brady or uh, or, or, or Aaron Rodgers. Did we, we just get a $20 super chat? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he meant – yeah, I don't know if he meant today, but – Shit, I'll do it now if you want. Oh, well, shit, man. It's up to you. You want to rock up. the house, we we'll have to post this on social media. Uh, Hold all, up. All, Let all me send day. a message uh, into my uh, – to the work chat. When do you go live? So Niners Report goes live every Tuesday um, at, let's see, 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. I do live Eagle shows every Thursday at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific. But I put videos out every single day with the latest like news, rumors, analysis. Right now it's a lot of rumor stuff because the trade deadline is coming up and those videos really pop. But every day we're putting out videos on both channels. So, No doubt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I would chug a beer with them, but it's fucking seven o'clock, and my, I'm not. Uh, where are you at, Chase? Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, so I'm in Dallas. So right now, oh, it's uh, eleven o'clock, almost eleven. But hey, I told the people next week for a twenty dollars super chat, I drink a beer. I'll do it now for uh, what's his name? Can you pop that up again? Jeremiah Maxwell. Jeremiah Maxwell, my guy. Hold up. One of my coworkers said, "JB, don't be scared. Grab a beer." Hold on, let me, 
What time is it? Fucking nine o'clock, you fucks. Hold on. <laughs> uh, everybody wants your channel, so I'm throwing it in here. Uh, let me see. Boom. Yeah. Channel's 40. right there on the deal. Hold yeah. on a second. All right, bet. bet. Yeah, I don't know about how you drink beer, bro. Hey, take a shot of whiskey. You got the slap dick. Oh, man. JB's either getting a beer or some whiskey right now because we got a $20 super chat. So I'd said I'd shotgun a beer for Jeremiah. Oh, man. I got, it's fucking nine in the morning, dude. I'm coffee and whiskey. Hey, we got to be built different, right? Hey, I, hey, I'm all good. It's all good with me. I'm like, shit, <laughs> fuck it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. We get it all. That's it. All right, hey. What's the chug? Oh, you got to pop a hole in that, huh? Yeah, I got the hole right here. So I just, it's, this is called the shotgun for those not familiar or for you, JB. So I'll crack this. Cheers to the homies for tuning in, man. Coach JB, Chase Senior, Work Boot Wednesday. Let's get Holy it. Holy shit. Cheers it up, dog. Much love. Get it cracking. Let's go. Woo, shit. <laughs> Nine in the morning, blast off. Let's go. Let's hey, go. man, much love to you, brother. That's a hell of a way to end the weekend. No doubt, no doubt. I'll, I'll see you see next you week. next week, man, and we'll get together. We'll, we'll get together this week and uh, figure out some other things. Salute. You you coming down to Dallas, by the way, for that yeah, Army All-American Army game? Army All-American game, the high school big All-American game. Uh, I'll be coaching that right uh, before Christmas. All right, bet. We'll, we'll have to link up because I'm down here. So. Oh, yeah, you got to come out there, man. If you want to do some live things, I can get you in any anything you want to do. If you want to do a show or whatever, this will be the number, you know, the best high school players in the country. Cool. Got an elite cigar place that we can hit as well in Dallas. Oh, uh, let's do it. Let's All do right. it. Sounds uh, good. I got to get you my cigars, too. Let's ride. I'll smoke one. No All doubt. All right, brother. I appreciate you. All right, brother. Talk Later. to you. See ya. Man, Chase becoming a fan favorite, man. Uh, much love to him rocking the house. Um, Coach Davis, I'll be in Dallas, I think, the 15th through the 19th. 15th through the 19th is when I think Dallas uh, is. So um, that is what we'll do on that day. So, hey, it's been a great one, man. Uh, appreciate everybody. Chase, Matt, uh all the guests, everybody that's joining in, man. We're on this work boot Wednesday. We're even chugging uh, whiskey at nine in the morning on the West Coast and beer on the uh, in Dallas. So uh, much love to Chase for rocking the shot, rocking the house. Um, hey, standing ovation, Chase. Hey, this just what we're doing, Homer, bro. Later. Changing the game. All right, peace. <laughs> Hey, man, I appreciate everybody joining in. Hit the like button, subscribe on the way out. And, uh, hey, man, if you're not a member, become one. The best show in the world, man. So, uh, appreciate you guys. I will see you tomorrow in about 21 hours, God willing. Appreciate you. Peace.